transmitting to you from Old Heart Radio. Just so you know, I'm just diving in because, you know, we're going to record it all. Uh, you know, this is like, we got what? This is like the first local yokels with now four people, five people, four people. If you, I don't count as two. I thought I did for a second. But holy shit, man. Everybody go around. We got, we got, we got Jameson motherfucking Jones in the house. This is the first time he's on a podcast, man. What's Jameson, up, everybody? Dude. It's like we like ever since we started talking and telling stories it was like james like we have to find a way to eventually get you roped into this and when you reached out i was like fucking perfect dude and we got caleb back caleb just what, what was that what was that that just came out of your nostrils just, just some vapors <laughs> just some, some vapors some dragon's breath hello hot dogs ah the hot dogs welcome you back of course it's good to and be then back. we've got one more in the house Nick Flannery, you stinking goon. What have you been up to? Hey, hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to teach myself how to sing, and it's going okay. Yeah, it's going well. <laughs> yeah, dude, I honestly, I, I, I heard those clips, and honestly, you're, you're doing you're doing just dang fine, man. I wouldn't sweat it too much. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. There's, there's a lot of heavy lifting being done by an auto-tune program that I have. So. <laughs> That's what it's for. Don't dig it at face value. <laughs> it's okay. You can mix it all in. Mix it all and hide it. If it's man. good enough for T-Pain, it's good enough for anyone. T-Pain <laughs> used it as a tool, man. Yeah, I know. So, I watched that uh, that pop documentary on Netflix. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, I watched the same one. It was so good. <laughs> oh, dude. I can't remember what it was I, called. And he can I, sing, like, for real. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to hang out with him. I don't want to hang out with T-Pain. He seems like a cool guy. Oh, for a second, for a second, I thought you said you don't want to hang out with T-Pain. Oh, I know uh, I would. What I heard too. Okay. I, heard. <laughs> I would never say that. <laughs> Stake that claim right now. Okay, well, Nick wants to hang. out. Nick would hang out with T-Pain. I'll be I that guy. I don't want to hang out with T-Pain. What? Oh. T-Pain, I know you're listening. I'm sorry. It's just never gonna happen. <laughs> I think I'm gonna <laughs> just preemptively turning him down. His inevitable T-Pain's inevitable in- invitation to hang out. Rude. I'm yeah. gonna have to go with Jared. Like I have no interest in hanging out with T-Pain, but I would still do it <laughs> just for the story. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, it'd be, I guess it would be hard. Like if, if, if you know, you just, you woke up and he's knocking at your door. He's like, hey man, uh, just in town, here to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could basically, you could basically do that with Bam. Like at his place, he's just, he just has an open property and people just walk up, hang out, skate at his place. Dude. I remember, like, especially when, uh, I don't even remember what season of Viva La Bam it was, but when he moved into that castle and started building that, like, snake run driveway or whatever the fuck it was, mm-hmm. like, this shit looked like, like, you, yeah, it was the most desirable thing. You're just like, yeah, dude, a fucking constant party house. <laughs> the age Skaters that we were, it seemed, like, it seemed like the coolest thing that we could have conceived at the time. It Two. did. 
uh, Bam when, but, and doing all that, and then like, what was it, Rob Dyrdek in like the Fantasy Factory thing? Like, it was just, oh, this is what you do when you have way too much money, just a bunch <laughs> of stupid, irresponsible <laughs> shit. Well, it was like this weird period of time where all of a sudden skaters, like, there was, you know, it was like uh, celebrity chefs just became a thing. Now, like, celebrity skaters was becoming a thing, and and that was like, I think probably the bam was probably the closest i mean tony hawk i don't know like he's like a celebrity in a way but he also is just like he's recognized as being like a skate icon like people like bam are recognized for like not just skating their personalities yeah yeah exactly at the time that whole like that whole scene was huge too like the x games was happening then that was like the biggest thing in the world and it was literally in the second goofy movie (laughs) (laughs) that's how you know it's real that, yeah, I that's mean, exactly it. So it's, I think it. it was like like on the on the on the not quite on the coattails, but something like that. On the coattails, like the the massive X Games, X Sports Extreme, whatever. Like yeah, dude. Zeitgeist of it was. I think like there was also that hilarious underground side of it that was like CKY, Jackass, Bam. Definitely, but, dude. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely was down that CKY rabbit hole for a while. It was just so much. Well, because like, especially at that age, it was so much fun to just fuck with people. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) just to get the reactions out of people was just like worth it alone, you know? But I definitely like ended up doing too many, running shopping carts into too many things and shit like that. Like it was, uh, looking back on that, I probably destroyed a lot of personal property. (laughs) (laughs) I've done a shopping cart. That shit sucks. Yeah, yeah. I don't recommend it. Yeah, man. We used to, well, because like I used to roll this, uh, this old buddy of mine named Andy Cutridge. He was, who I mean, me and David just, just recalled the fact that he was actually also part of the first, uh, Whack Arnold's lineup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. Still, still never going to confirm all of the various lineups of that band. The Dude, Wikipedia was... article is just going to be blank. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Dude, I it? thought about that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no! I, was, I thought about that a while ago. Like, uh, how funny it would be to like try to write a Wikipedia article, uh, sh- like <laughs> cr- chronicling this bullshit. But it's bad. It's it's, fa- it's gonna be hard because the Whack Arnold's lore has to be a part of that story too. And they went to space multiple times. Hey man, I don't I don't know what the Whack Arnold's are doing up in space, but you're gonna have to chronicle a lot of basically just a sci-fi epic. <laughs> with imagination was, uh, i was gonna ask everything's uh, boundless was the show where um i was used as a microphone stand or a keyboard stand um <laughs> was that a whack arnold show or was that something else that was that <laughs> was that, does, i just distinctly does that we, mean I, I get to be a member you're an honorary member of the whack Sweet. Arnold, definitely yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah yeah uh that was a whack arnold show i definitely remember we booked that under a different name though because i was at, like, at the point in time where That's people right. people stopped wanting the whack arnolds to be a part of things <laughs> especially the knave and the green jacket yeah um. yeah so because it was like it was like god dude it was like a bunch of like wenatchee hardcore kids and like derek zantos band at the time and like whatever that was it was like you know a, like a grungy sort of whatever yeah uh and he got because it was his like I think he had like some of the equipment. We broke a mic that set too. And somebody got mad at us for breaking their mic. And I'm pretty sure it was Derek. He got over it eventually. I promise. He used to go see us, see us play up in fucking Bellingham when me and Jeremiah were still doing like other shit. So 
No, well, I, I follow him on Instagram. He's always out and about doing cool, like, roadie stuff and being an audio engineer and, I don't know, doing cool stuff. I haven't seen him in the last 10, 12 years. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I imagine he's doing all right. <laughs> um, I was going to... Oh, sorry, I keep interrupting. No, you're but, good. You're, you're um, good, man. What you got? I mean, we got four people. It's going to be tricky, but um, I was going to... Hey, get me. Um, I was gonna you ask. Saw nothing. I saw it's nothing. A professional podcast. <laughs> I, I didn't walk into the other room to find a silly vape. I didn't do that. Um, anyway, uh, I was gonna like ask all of all of you guys collectively if you can recall all the different weird bands that you've been in. Because hmm. I've I've lost track. We really do need to build that that spider web. So yeah. I was kind of thinking about this a little bit. And I think I I wasn't involved in too many. I was there for a lot of recordings, but I was a founding member of Steel Armadillos with yes, Caleb yeah. and Rex. And then we switched to the fire, the famine, the flood when we kicked Rudy out and David <laughs> took over as the same. Yeah. But it, it literally lasted like two months and trying to be a serious band wasn't nearly as fun so that's what killed it for me quickly and yeah. then um i played bass in taking back sparta for a little while <laughs> yes. and then um in high school it wasn't like our group per se but i was in a band with nick and jeremiah for a little while oh yeah gideon's wrath Oh yeah, that's right, dude. You I guys just did, uh... quit Im immediately before the first show. Yeah, like two days before. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys wanted to play a show. We didn't have any songs pr like practiced. We hadn't well, learned a song yet or written a song that wasn't a but, ripoff of like seven different August Burns Red riffs. Well, and that was the the big letdown because we actually like were pretty good. Yeah, we played. <laughs> we played the Nick quit and Zach Street came in, or not Zach. Street. Zach Rogers played guitar for us and oh, we played the talent show and then like That's two right. days later Emmett I was or I was listening to an August Burns Red album and I'm like this is the exact guitar riff that is <laughs> yeah. like the basic part of our song and I brought it up to Emmett and he's like yeah, I couldn't really think of anything, so I just ripped it off. And so, so then, soon after that, that band dissolved as well. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, man. I gotta say, what a waste of talent. Dane Gifford was like a crazy talented drummer, just Pretty out of left. I was just out of left field, too. And then he just didn't do anything after that, I don't think. Yeah, dude, I, I remember that too. Yeah, it was like supremely surprising how like good Dane was behind a kit. And what I had never is set. Yeah, I didn't even like kid. I didn't even like ever see him like play or anything before that. I don't know if he was like secretly practicing or something, but yeah, dude, that cat that cat was like really yeah. He said I, I remember that that talent show though. You guys played Beat It or uh, yep, we I believe, played Beat It. Yeah, we yeah. played like we only had one the one ripoff song so we played that and then the last like two minutes of it we did a breakdown and went in to beat it there you go that's always it that's always it just do it do a breakdown and then go you know something will, something will pop up after that i remember at that talent show uh i don't know why like because i i really like Aaron to this day Aaron fox but yeah. he, he like got cranky with me about something and like i don't know like you just you're both just all being fired up young men 
and he like got in my face and was like threatening me or something just bullshit and then super out of character for him, i think i think i just like pushed him and he like kind of bumped up against the little um railing or whatever in the audience section of that spot in the high school and then he just uh then we just you know whatever okay and then that it was, was it. Every, everything was cool after that but um that's i think that's the night jameson i think you were or no was it rex maybe it was both of you guys but um i had to pee really bad so i um, that was me i peed outside <laughs> in a place i probably shouldn't have and a cop drove by and i, I like yelled at him you waved at him <laughs> oh, you yeah. were furious and you're like and fucking waved at the cop with your dick out <laughs> So, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Let's, let's use that word heavily. <laughs> oh man! Well, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever had like a, a moment where I've like, you know, dick out waved at a cop, but I definitely have my share of like peeing in public. Like that's for sure. I didn't know uh, you could catch a charge back then, or otherwise I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, always trying to restrict our rights, you know. <laughs> it's risky yeah, no, uh, but okay, but Caleb, Caleb, what like, what about you though? So you were also part of Steel Armadillos. Yeah, um, and then I guess for a second, the fire, fan of the flood. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose we can say honorary member of the Whack Arnolds now. Yes, you can, put that, you can put that on the belt. Yeah, I fucking better too because uh, <laughs> Fitz, Fitz was smashing that keyboard all over my back and my head. <laughs> Shit hurt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> didn't he try he to me- flip it on you? He, yeah, was- say he, had, he was doing skate tricks with it. It was like a giant tech deck. <laughs> I kept looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? What's happening? <laughs> um... Yeah, so that there's the, that. The amount, of, the amount of keys played, 50. The amount of skate tricks performed, 75. Oh, definitely. Really? It was definitely more more skate tricks than, than keyboard playing. It was a spectacle. <laughs> it was part of the performance. Yes, things came more naturally, <laughs> okay, <so> David. But, uh, <laughs> he did, dude. That, that, that dude's honestly, like, he's, he's a bit of a performer. I think he's always, he always has been. And, like, but, okay, so you got you got those. What, what those else you three, got? and then uh, Zebras in America. <laughs> um, Which, was zebras in america the band with east of jarvis yes okay was so my, i wasn't was favorite songs you, we i wasn't it. in that band but when zebras in america played at the grange i went on stage to scream fuck for east of jarvis <laughs> yes. I, I played so, in that show i yeah, remember so that we're all actually members of zebras in america whoa um, but i think i thought that was like a it was supposed to be a sath reunion show it was we we did we did right. play sath songs but i think i had to do vocals and rex had to do some because matt heiler was like would not probably I think yeah the, the, the four <laughs> of us the four of us did vocals because i remember i remember uh, you guys were like you got to learn some some of the sad songs to sing and i was like okay yeah okay <laughs> bye <laughs> i have the faintest memory of that show i think sath only played like two or three shows and it was like a hybrid thing yeah it was very strange a good time though it's like so lincoln park is, and jay-z so this is this is a zebra's band reunion we just need rex is that we <laughs> yeah. yeah rex is the only one out He's, he said we can use him as like a, a dial-in like phone a friend type guy we have him call we in we need to take him up on that so. what, what is that he, doesn't he have a fucking computer he can just use zoom like this he's he's rex i don't know what he does he, might, <laughs> he probably has like an atm in his house he sends us a it's fucking telegram 
I just imagine, I just like I picture Rex like John Connor in Terminator 2. He's just like he's using like he's using like weird stuff to just like hack into different devices to use the internet and to like see and to like do different <laughs> things, but he doesn't actually use it himself. At home, at home it's complete candlelight. <laughs> no, he's just sitting in his basement somewhere, um uh, writing impossible to play music on that like old uh what, what was that program called? Oh uh was it Guitar Pro? something terrible like that yeah it was it was some kind of like horrible midi mapping it sounded like program did you guys what was that project that him and jeremiah did like not that long ago it was like a it was like a few years ago did you guys catch it it was like oh my god it was i know the one you're talking about they had a song called red rocket rudy Wait, I do remember that. It was like I can't. Oh my god, I can't remember. It was fucking ridiculous music, though. It, it was it, so. Oh, go go ahead. It just it just exactly reminded me of like some records to be involved in, though. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, but, but beyond, yeah. but beyond uh, zebras, which apparently we're all in. Um, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Like I think. I think. The Technicolor uh, Waldos was the last one, and then I had Waldos. a, um, and then I struck out on my own because I wanted because um, this is you know why I left the Waldos chair the main reason why why um, I was I was like I was like this is fun I'm enjoying this but I wanted to like kind of do like explore musical stuff on my own but I, mostly I wanted to hang out with uh, females and um, <laughs> skateboard and smoke a lot of weed and. <laughs> That's well, fair, those, though. Band practice was cutting into that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not hundred percent true. Well, you know, it you know it was it, uh, just a bunch of dudes smoking and Rex skating and, and you sometimes skating out back and then practice happening in between. Yeah, it was like it was a little of that, but I could see the needs not being met. <laughs> I struck out on my own as Doctor Unicorn for a, a brief time. Doctor Unicorn. It's my DJ alter ego. You're a dubstep DJ. No, I do. I like house music. Though. That's my oh. Yeah, man, that's a whole other thing. Like breaking down like electronic music, like dude. Like, oh yeah, like, we could do that. Ca- I've been, you know, we've been casually doing that between like, you know, having you on Caleb and like Jeremiah and stuff. Like, all you guys are like so much more into like different types of like metal genres and whatnot. That's super interesting. But same thing with like ED, like house music and like electronic and stuff like that. It's like, god damn, dude. There's maybe so even more now. so. Oh yeah. Like, Sometimes it's really strange, man, and I can't tell the distinctions all the time, and I'll, I'll admit that, but, you know, yeah, I just, like, you know, if somebody's like, no, this is house, I'm like, okay. <laughs> we can sort you out. This is deep Fair house. Uh, this is dark yeah, wave. What's the difference between deep house and house? Like, deep house is like... BPM. Yeah, yeah, I'd say deep okay. house is, like, really subdued. Think what yeah. you'd hear, like, when you walk into an H- in H&M. Like, there's probably, like, a... You know, like the VPN is a big one, like Jameson said, but also um, just the range of frequencies. Like, um, you know, Electro House is going to have a lot more, like, um, it's going to be a lot more noisy and, like, kind of excitable than Deep House. Mm. Um, and then there's, I mean, yeah. there's Steady Beat and Broken Beat, and then there's just tons and tons of branches off of that. That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. I think all of you guys, like, it's, it's interesting because it's like all of you guys, uh, obviously still are like constantly or you're plugging yourself into music always it's just i need everybody else i need you guys to send me playlists man yeah nick's got his whole setup back there yeah. <laughs> like, 
like yeah yeah i need you guys to start building me playlists of stuff that you're listening to so i can like i can listen to it, check it out i want to know uh i, I want I, one from all three of you that'd be great i, James, I what asked you've been listening to lately dude my my musical yeah, taste you off, go ahead james yeah. nowadays are super lame like i have I have one giant playlist that I just listen to at work that's like classic rock and just stuff that I can listen to with 40-year-old guys and it's not going to freak them out. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. And then, you know, I after I moved to Idaho, when Caleb was a DJ, he got me into the electronic music and I got really into house and trance for a while. So, okay. But I haven't listened to that in years so i do yeah. have to say dusty gave me a tip on one of these podcasts and i checked out manchester orchestra oh yeah yeah damn that new album is good i've been listening to that so much off of his suggestion on here yeah dude yeah dusty was dusty was on it. i didn't even realize that they were dropping a new album until he brought it up and then i had to check it out uh yeah dude i, I really i really think that i'm kind of with you though man like i what sucks is that so much of my musical like energy gets sucked up at work mm -hmm. and at work we just have like a set amount of like neutral-esque music that we can like that we play for everybody yeah and uh i think that's what burns me out like that's why i don't really like spend too much time like digging into other stuff yeah because it's just like you know you spend like 40 hours a week listening to whatever else and you're just like all right that's music for me right now. <laughs> if I have to hear Hotel California one more time, like, oh, yeah, that's Don't Stop Believing for me. Yeah, I, I can't hear that song anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think honestly, like, I like because of because of like my work. It's just like I'm just I'm over like things like the Beatles and like you know I used to genuinely enjoy like the random uh, Zeppelin song, but it's slowly becoming annoying because it's like the same hit song, you know. Every you always time. Are, like yeah you're like stairway to heaven's happening at some point and though stairway to heaven's a, a fun song and you hear it like 10 times a day you're like fuck stairway to heaven <laughs> <laughs> i'm taking the escalator to hell man it's uh, it's all good no you work so, at a guitar store there's a meme going around about that no like, stairway like fire <laughs> right now there's like memes about what all the negative things that can happen to you if you try to play stairway to heaven at a guitar center <laughs> i've been pretty entertained by it I want a lot of explosions in that one. I, I've done it and nothing bad happened. No one looked at me. You're going to hell, though. Yeah, yeah. that was <laughs> already you're confirmed. Going to hell. <laughs> I don't think it was playing stairway. If, if, if my dad was right, I'm fucked. <laughs> I just like to try and I, I try to hope that my my, my mom just doesn't doesn't think about where i'll end up anymore because i feel like she'll just she believes she believes what she wants to believe but at the same time it's like my you really dig into it you're just gonna come to one conclusion for me and like i don't think you're gonna like that <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite piece of wisdom from rick and morty is just don't think about it <laughs> just don't think about it just <laughs> something'll you know, happen <laughs> that kind of made me think of uh just yesterday my mom drove over to watch my kid while amy had to work because we work split schedules so somebody's always home with the kid but she had some training to do so my mom came over to watch and i was just kind of talking to my mom and we were drinking a bottle of wine and you know uh, like i really had no rules when i was in like junior high and high school like our friend group age 
Yeah. Like I, I was listening to your guys' stories and I remember like, Nick, you weren't allowed to go to the Grange a lot of the time. My mom really did not give a shit what I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she kind of just, well, I mean, but like, that's the thing though. Like, I don't know, man. Like I, I'm very conflicted by like the, you know, too much, too much authority with parents, man. Like it, you have to like, in a way you have to let kids experience things otherwise they're not going to know how to experience things and you know so that that's like the kind of the brilliance of that kind of like style of parenting that's like in a way it's super it's i think it's good for people because you know i don't think it's good for like like my folks my dad was like re would regiment like what fucking movies we were able to have at the house you yeah know? like shit like that like the reason i didn't listen to like a ton of music growing up was because like it was always like well it had to be approved by the folks you yep. know and then so it's just like what's the fuck what, what is the fucking point like i can't I'll tell stick you with smash mouth okay I, I cannot tell you how much just like straight up just satanic black metal i had to hide from my parents in my room. well that, oh, i think man. i straight up think my dad stole a he i was borrowing a copy of clockwork orange from rex and my dad was like, whose DVD is this? And like, he just straight up took it. I was like, that's not even yours, dude. I have to get that back to a friend. I'm like, you can't, you can't, like, like weird shit like that, you know? Yeah. Caleb gave me a copy of a Children of Bodom album once. And I was not into that, but I remember I just left it like on my on my counter and my mom saw it and there's like pentagrams on it and in the band photo one of the guys wears a shirt that says i love crack on it and my mom looks at it and she's like where did you get this and i was like oh one of my friends and she's like ugh, put it in your backpack or something <laughs> the, the shirt said smoke crack worship satan yeah even better even better <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid I got in trouble for listening to Linkin Park. You <laughs> got in trouble for Linkin Park? Yeah, dude, Park? Dude, That's early me? 2000s kids problems. I think Nick and I dude. probably have like similar like really strict like with uh, you know <laughs> yeah. uh, like I, I wasn't allowed to listen to non-Christian music for the longest time. Same. And, I had, ooh. I had, uh, it was a breakthrough when my, when my folks let my older brother get a fucking POD album. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Which like, is yeah, a Christian band, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like, that. Yeah. <laughs> didn't Katy Perry do a, a guest spot on one she of their did. songs? She did. I remember oh, that. Wow. She's that was, a pastor's oh, wow. kid. That was pre I Kissed a Girl, Katy Perry. Yeah. When she yeah. kissed that girl, it, everything changed for her. Yep. <laughs> the world changed. That's what happens when you when you grow she up and you're a California girl. Then when yeah. your parents are like in the church or pastors or whatever, you grow up and you start kissing girls. Oh man, <laughs> singing about it. But that's the thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know, man. Like my folks. Like I, I had to like constantly, uh, like I just constantly bullshit my parents when I was growing up. It was like, yes, I'm just gonna go do this one thing, and then like completely like. I got to tell him about staying up. I was staying up at like my friend up at Luke's house, and we'd be like over at the fucking Grange, <laughs> you know, shit like that. And it was like, what was so strange to me was like how they never fucking caught on because it was all like every like a lot of the debauchery was in like a six block radius from like where we all lived. Yeah. <laughs> I think like my tactic with it when I was younger was 
I, the, the best way I can describe it is um, it applies to everything, but they'd be like, hey, mow the lawn. And I'd be like, okay. And I'd get on the riding lawnmower and I'd make it go as fast as fucking possible. <laughs> and I'd lower the blade as low as it would go and just mow the lawn like an asshole. And so they never asked me to do it again. Um, and so basically if I did something and they're like, hey, we don't like that. It was like, I'm going to make this so much trouble for you to address that you're just not going to after a certain point. Yeah, you're going to learn the lesson. That's, that's a preacher's kid, everyone. Yep. Fair enough, man. And yeah, like I, I just, yeah, like my folks, like my, not my mom. It was, it was always my dad. Like everybody knew this about my dad. My dad was just like an asshole. Uh, <laughs> He's not listening, so it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I've told him about the podcast, uh, but no. Uh, but he would do he would shit like that. He'd be like he'd be like mow the lawn, and then you wouldn't do it right. And then he'd he'd like the next week he would like show you exactly how to do it. And then if you didn't do it right the week after that, he would like throw your shit out of the lawn or something like that. <laughs> like, you know, like like stupid like asshole is shit like that. So yeah, it was just like everything that I got away with was just like it. It just like it was all sneaky. It was all sneaky around my house, man. Okay. See, I, was so I always, I always enjoyed. Uh, I mean, when because we all could tell, like, like Jameson or, or Rex, like famously super cool, chill parents. Um, we tell them stories about stuff like our parents were like, "What?" Did you yeah. say that? that I remember like I told my mom some of the stories and like this weekend she's like I I don't want to know you don't have to tell me <laughs> and I remember like you guys would all come over and my mom and Kevin would literally get an ice chest and lock themselves in their bedroom just so that they wouldn't hear us doing whatever we were doing <laughs> smart that is smart. That is Plausible smart. deniability. That's fucking funny. Yeah, man. Like that's <laughs> that's the, like I don't know. There's like little pockets. Like you're, like Jameson, your guys, your place when growing up was like, there. Yeah, it was always like kind of like this little like pocket of like uh, sanctuary freedom for, mm -hmm. for you know where we could like just like actually hang out and you know goof off and like you know just be well, fucking and weird and, and shit like that and like. You know, and same, same thing with like Troy's house growing up. Troy's house yeah. was also kind of like that, you know. Well, my parent, you know, my mom married my stepdad. Like it must have been in when I was in ninth grade or something. So they were kind of in that honeymoon phase and traveled a bunch. And my grandparents that lived next door, they left all winter. They were like snowbirds. <laughs> so we basically had free reign of the house like all fall and winter, like. They, my parents would leave for like two weeks at a time. So yeah, I would, I mean, just have everyone over and we do what we did. Yeah, we do what we did with Caleb with wet towels and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's the tame shit. That's the tame shit. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I mean, like how many, how, like, I know you guys would like shoot off like fucking bows and arrows in the, in, in, <laughs> at your place and shit like that, right? We, like, we had how, a, we had a Lord of the Rings marathon. How many? Yeah, we did. I, how many? I just I'm wondering how many close ma uh, maimings, like how many close t uh, times did I'm just butchering the sentence. How many times did somebody almost get maimed at Jameson's house? <sighs> I don't know. I think like most of the time we were pretty chill. Like the most like intense thing that I I remember getting like afraid of at my house. Like Nick showed up. This must have been after high school, but um, it was in the fall and 
we had already drained the pool and we were changing out the liner in it. And Nick was like drunk, just running laps around the pool, screaming <laughs> at the top of his lungs. <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh, God's sake, the... they're definitely getting the cops called on us. It's like one in the morning. <laughs> he's just screaming. <laughs> There's an insane person that lives inside Nick when he drinks the right amount. I don't. I try not to drink that amount anymore. You did it. Does he have uh, my, a smart my, move? My teepee as well, and you broke my sprinkler. And you Does were trying to pull my heart out like Indiana Jones. Why? Well, I, oh, I learned some Kali like Ma? like yeah. old Celtic magic earlier. Oh, that's trying to do it. Yeah. I remember you yelling gibberish and just running circles around the teepee, and yeah, then you that wasn't sprinkler. That wasn't gibberish. I don't know what it meant, but it was it was some kind of words. You drank Celtic a magic. You drank a coffee mug full of vodka. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my god. I ripped my pants. Those are my favorite pants. Yeah. Damn. Created a geyser in my room. That um, need to shut off the water main. I have a bunch of stuff from listening to all the recent podcasts that like things that I wanted to interject in, and this kind of added or made me think of um, you and Dusty, Jared. We're talking about where we got booze from back in the day, and you were <laughs> you were saying that Scott's grandparents, but. We also have to remember that a lot of the whiskey came from my grandparents because they would go <laughs> yeah. out and they would go to California and literally bring, bring back cases of black velvet. So we would steal the half gallons of TV from my grandparents. So. That's why I did. I have just, just yeah. Anytime I think about drink, like drinking at your at your place, I, it was. It was that. It was like I remember. I just have like images of like half gallons of BV, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that label, man. Because yeah, it's true, though. It's true. Every year they'd come back with like four cases, and then pretty soon there's like five years worth of booze piled up down in the shed. And it's like this they is... are not going to miss this and <laughs> realize it's gone. So. <laughs> What is that? What what is that? Like you just start like buying massive. I mean, maybe it's just because you just start recognizing that like you'd rather just get a little a little buzzed at your own place. But my grandparents to to bar or didn't even hardly drink. It was mostly because they had three daughters who all lived in Washington, so booze is super expensive. So they would do it just as a nice thing, you know, so that when my aunts would come, they could be like, "Here, you guys take a case yeah. with you." But like my aunts that lived in one lived in Seattle and she barely drank and my other aunt lived in Portland and they would come up like once every other year. So they would just, we would end up with these massive stockpile of booze because no one had ever taken. <laughs> Someone did. Someone. <laughs> Somebody did. It, it was put to good use. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, called efficient it. allocation of resources. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, uh, man. Okay, so Nick, Nick, we gotta get back to these music projects. Cause I'm, I'm genuinely con like yes. in this. So, so what about you? What, what can you chronicle? Well, we're gonna have to try to differentiate between the bands that actually did exist and had songs for them, or just like concepts, maybe just a riff. Uh, those are really hard <laughs> to nail down. Uh, at some point, we were just coming up with band names for the sake of it. Yep. <laughs> anal optometrist was one of those. No, it was, it was uh, anal afterbirth. Oh, anal afterbirth was an act was Rex and Aaron Fox's project. Oh, never mind. They were uh, <laughs> they were noise core. <laughs> there was a lot of those. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Uh, what was up with what, that? Was like a strange like. Why was it everything anal? Like why was it all like <laughs> like, like in the like, it was shocking? Yeah. Yeah. We, I think it's just like the like, most one of the most shocking things you can think of at the you know just like like slap anal and like some random crew, like disgusting word after it. Like. <laughs> yeah. I mean that was that was during like the heyday of shock porn too. I mean Tub Girl, Goatsy, oh, oh yeah, DMP yeah. yeah. Pain Olympics. Oh, <laughs> The fucking pain olympics god damn dude. i haven't thought about either of those things in a while. <laughs> tub girl god damn i'm gonna I found s- it should, I, I, found should out- I screen share no this no is- go for it so no, i found out later in life no. that no, tub girl <laughs> so the tub girl pick that was orange juice it's not any better that makes oh, no i don't i don't know why it, it at least you know it's not anything else. You know that it's orange juice that she put up there herself. Well, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> so maybe had help with. Anyways, let's get something. Shout, out, sh- shout well, yeah, out. Tell us about the pants. God, just talk about pants. Pants. <laughs> I just ate dinner. We got to take, take a hard turn away from Tub Girl. Okay. <laughs> That's Old Heart Radio. <laughs> We're a Tub Girl adjacent, okay? <laughs> Last time it was Chris Gaines. This time, Tub Girl. Yeah, let's talk about anything else. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so, 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 okay. What's like the first, the earliest what band that you you were a part of, or that, that I was uh, a Nick. that I was a part of was Serenus and the Hemorrhoids for sure. Like that was back when it was literally just everyone in the room at the same time while Rex hooks up a mono like computer speaker to the computer uses Microsoft Sound Recorder and we just wing it. Just try to play through a Serenus and the Hemorrhoids song like I Poppy or the Jeans Gate. Jeans Gate. I really think Saf was the most influential of all the band. <laughs> like, if you really think about it, yes, Saf was ridiculous, but we immediately propped him up to like legendary status and like any other joke band was because of Saf. Well, yeah, I mean, Seth played shows. That was yeah. that was like yeah. the differentiating factor there, at least until Schmouter came along. For but, sure. Yeah, but I mean, but I, I kind of agree with Jameson, man. Like, I think if the the uh, idea that like, you, you know, you could play shows and kind of be, continue that ridiculousness outside of you know Rex's garage, you know, like, like uh, it probably it, it probably was born for some of us, some people from like you know Seth and some of those other like w- just weird projects. So. Mm-hmm. But okay, what about after Seth? Post Seth? After post- Seth, um, let's see. I had I had my solo. Excuse me, Rafford McGonson has had his solo project, which is very indicative of the mind of a teenager in the early two thousands. Um, <laughs> let's see, what else do we have? So I, are you? I was like, never. Are you just. Are you just rapper McGonson's like agent? Is that is that it? You just represent him? Look, uh, we'll, we'll call him a close friend. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a close personal friend. <laughs> close. Uh, <laughs> very personal. Very personal. <laughs> What's that like? Uh, Steve Blum. He can't actually ad- admit that he was like the the voice actor on a bunch of imported anime products because he was a union actor at the time, and they weren't union jobs, so we had to like make sure he was going by an alias while working for those other studios but you know it's steve blum it's it's obviously steve blum anyway that's we're getting into a totally different wait, topic wait, wait, like what, what kind of wait like what kind of animes though 
what, what has he been a part of that, you, that you'd say like he hasn't he I, th- I think he's not credited in zoids and a few other from like that studio oh interesting I'd have that's to, super I, random like, yeah I, I, yeah that's <laughs> no no i mean like in an interesting way yeah that's okay mm-hmm. so what else anyways so so you partnered with rafford on on a couple of couple of tri- projects uh, yeah uh, i think um so I, I i was never actually an official member of the, the steel armadillos but i do remember playing guitar in that band for one live show and then doing vocals for one live show and i think he might have played just like a solo on one song as well but i, I don't know that for sure I, I don't remember it, and from the demos, it's not me on any of those demo recordings that we have. I, I have all four s- songs. Those, that loosely. Those, those ones that uh, Dusty put up on uh, SoundCloud, are th- those were like the rough drafts before we... Because we added vocals with Rex, and then I think with you. Mm. Uh, I don't know if Rodolfo ever... I don't think he was ever recorded. He yeah. just played like live with us twice, because mm. we played at the Grange and at the Junior High. Okay. <clears throat> Fair enough. Uh, and was this like, just for like time frames, like, was this all happening around when, like, the time that, like, was DFR playing shows around at the yeah. Grand and stuff during this time? This yeah. was post DFR, though. Okay. The Armadillos like, came just after. That's right. They were still around. Like, no, because I remember, like, I joined the Friends group and it was like two months later and DFR broke up. Well, hang on, because DFR was still active in maybe high school. It was, maybe it was just when they kicked out Josh. Oh. Maybe, because I remember they brought in Aaron Lesky. Yep. Or when they were a band again. So maybe That's I'm... That's fucking right, dude. I completely forgot Lesky was a part of the DFR first. So. Yeah. 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 Dude. Aaron Lesky, and, and that's when they brought, they brought Troy Vines in, I think, just, oh, just around the same time that yeah. they they brought Aaron Lesky on. That's right. Yeah, Hollywood Vines, man. Dude, Troy's going to do a podcast soon. Is he? Yes. Yeah. I'm, gonna, yeah, he, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, he reached out and he was like, dude, it's been a long time since, since we caught up. And I was like, yes, it has, my friend. Like, let's, let's do this. Yeah, yeah, it'll be great, man. I, I'm really, I'm genuinely excited to see what he's, you know, how he's been doing. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I mean, speaking of musical projects, like I, that was one of the first things when he agreed to do. It, I was like, I have to also pick his brain, man, because he was a part of so many different fucking projects. Yeah. He, he was yeah. in. I think he was in. Yesterday never came, wasn't he? Yeah, it was. That was that was, yeah. that was probably one of the You're great man. Uh, <laughs> you can thank everybody. Can thank Zach Rogers for that. I, he, I actually just missed a call from him. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Have you seen him lately? How's How's that cat doing, man? Yeah, I've hung out with him a couple times. He's doing great. Um, he actually he's been staying. He's been watching his like brother in law's place for like the past couple months, and I think they just got an apartment, so they're they're in the Seattle area now. Back. Yeah. Nice. I thought he lived in Pennsylvania. He moved back. Oh well. Yeah. Um, he, he topped out at the company he was at and wanted to make a career change, so he decided he was going to learn cloud development, moved out west. Now he's back around, he's, he's back in the area. I've hung out with him a couple times. Nice, cool. man, nice. He's doing All pretty right, good. Next time you see him, tell him, tell him I, say, I say, what's up? What's up? <laughs> no, it's not cool anymore. It's no, still not cool. 90, no, it's, still 90s, cool. it's still the 90s, remember? I still yeah, do it that. Is, so. it's still the 90s. <laughs> the 90s in my head, always. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. Okay, so so you got 
what you got Raff, what, what happened after Rafford though Nick did you have anything before what, what was like between Rafford and Schmouter between Rafford and Schmouter well there I was always trying to get my dragon feet uh, project off the ground my power metal band but I'm pretty sure I was the only person in the entire Wenatchee Valley that liked power metal so there were never any other members to that band but I had songs I had songs written and little demo tracks recorded I think that we like jammed one time and that was like in the infancy of that but it, it, we hadn't eat, you know you hadn't called it anything at that point but I yeah. remember that was just a flop because we we jammed in my room and my dad just came in like be quiet <laughs> <laughs> yup that sounds about right <laughs> well I think you know like you know anything that really had the dragon feet name attached to it seemed to always end in a, in, in some sort of you know cursed fashion the curse so, thing it yeah, is it's the it's curse of dragon topic feet. it has yet to be defeated but i feel like it will be one day mm-hmm. uh but yeah so that that so that actually it was that where it was born do you think the, the curse stemmed from from this uh this project maybe tell me true man tell me true maybe did you, I, did you break magical law i no. the the curse <laughs> of the dragon feet happened when dragon feet killed the comic book club yeah, <laughs> that's, that's where that came from is because dusty would derail every single session by trying to talk about dragon feet that's right <laughs> and then jared would get so mad at stop it enough of the fucking dragon feet man <laughs> <laughs> well, we had, dude, we had so much shit going about that. Like, after a while, like, there was, like, drawings of dragon feet that were, like, plastered on lockers. And it was, just, like, you know, middle of the day, somebody would, like, open the locker to, like, gaze at dragon feet. Or, you know, it's, like, it's, like, it's weird. It's just a, it's a it weird like, entity that, um, it's just, like a trickster energy like, that just ruins everything it touches. I'm pretty sure dragon feet, like, we, we didn't create dragon feet. Dragon feet came to us. It's yeah. some kind of eldritch horror that like <laughs> our name for it is dragon feet but i don't know man we should this stop beast, saying it this beast with two dragons for for feet i don't know man like it seems like a fearsome creature. well i mean now that we've broached the subject i'm sorry to hear that your podcast is closing down oh, oh no, no. <laughs> this is the final episode <laughs> well actually maybe it'll be okay because because nick didn't you like you sanded away the the dragon feet painting on that guitar yeah. Know. Oh, the dragon scale on uh, my, my old dragon scale guitar looks like this now. I tried to restore it as much as I could, so it's relict. Ah. You know, I mean, relict as relicy as it can get. It has all the old original white. I replaced a bunch of the hardware in the pickups. So Caleb, now, Caleb, are you saying about him restoring that the it, it might help uh, defeat yeah, the curse yeah. of dragon feet? It's it's just like. <laughs> The less uh, power um, and symbolism, or the, the less hold over our unconscious minds, Dragon Feet has, the better. I think that was it. That was the key. Is like eventually we all had to just basically stop talking about Dragon Feet. Well, we better stop. stop. <laughs> People gotta stop drawing Dragon Feet. We just gotta start talking about other things. Yep. <laughs> Dragon Feet is ex- is exactly as powerful as you believe it to be. Yeah. And here we are just giving him strength again. <laughs> Not as much as we used to, so we're yeah, probably going to okay. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's On fair. the note of the comic book club, I don't know if you ever knew, Jared, but I got a tattoo to commemorate the comic book club. 
What? I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, I I got the because I wasn't ever a huge comic book guy. It was just what all my friends were doing. So, <laughs> but just just because it was so intense, like that was kind of the pinnacle of our friends group. I feel like. And I remember, like, after reading a bunch of comics, uh, my favorite was The Killing Joke. And oh, yeah. so I got the cover of The Killing Joke tattooed on my leg just to commemorate the comic book club. Yeah. That's actually card. really cool, you man. I, I, I remember, like, seeing that you got that. I never did, like, the, the re, like, you know, the story why or anything, but that's really cool, Javis. That's fucking awesome. Uh, and, yeah, the, you're right. The Killing Joke, man, just in general. That's great. Such a good fucking story. Uh, yeah, you, you got the, you, yeah, that's that's dope, dude. That's probably, that's way cooler than all my tattoos combined, and I only have three. <laughs> so, so, but, yeah, speaking of tattoos, do we all, Nick, do you have tattoos? I know, yeah, I know you two do, Jameson and Caleb. Mm-hmm. Nick, are yeah. you interested in tattoos? I, I, yeah, I am now, but the thing is, is that it's just, it's just not high up on my priority list anymore i mean yeah i used to be against it because i didn't want any identifying marks on my body i thought i was going to lead a very different life but (laughs) it's uh now 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 i keep seeing stuff that i like like i like the symbology from norse mythology i like mass effect symbols i mean i I can see myself getting tattoos someday but it's just not a priority i've got you know other stuff going on fair enough Jameson, what about you? Would you do you have a, like uh, tattoos on your mind on your periphery besides the I, I don't know. dope I ass fucking killing joke one? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think because I have like a half sleeve that's like a it's um a lighthouse and then oh, on the inside sick, it's dude. it's got a pirate ship and I think oh, cool. I might just turn this into a full sleeve at nice. some point and do. Like from the elbow down, it'd be like an underwater scene with like an octopus or something like that. But that'd be fucking rad, dude. I don't know. I'm kind of the same way as Nick. Like I, it's like I have so many other things to spend money on that spending it on ink is a little bit hard to justify. Yeah, yeah. It's a that is sort of the thing that you realize. I I think is like you know, it's it becomes like yeah. If I have like extra fluff money, I'll fucking I'd love to throw that at something. But there's yeah, there's quite a few rungs before that. So yep, I feel you. I I did get a commitment from Nick at one point, and we'll see if it holds. (laughs) We're gonna get a a tattoo of uh, uh, symbolizing our death pact. Oh, that's true. We got to get one of those. Caleb and I decided some time ago that when we die, it'll be because we're killing each other at the same oh. time in a fight. Perfect. So we need to we need to get a tattoo to bind that in ink. <laughs> well, I think that's the perfect way to seal that. And what an honorable way to go out, might I add. Yeah. Just killing cause... a friend. <laughs> killing a... <laughs> we're going to go on top of a mountain and have a sword fight in a lightning storm and stab each other through the heart at the same time. Mm-hmm. Will one of you like hold the sword, like your sword up so you can get some lightning extra charge yeah, on there? That'd be I'm cool for you. absolutely going to do that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, Highlander is a very hit or miss franchise and so far it's like <laughs> like one hit a bunch of misses <laughs> a bunch of misses <laughs> <laughs> but it is one of my all time favorite IPs. I love the Highlander mythos so much. It's so cool and has so much potential and has 
only been done right once, and that was barely. <laughs> fair enough, fair yeah. enough. All right, if you had to, if you had to pick one uh, random character to cross over with uh, with Highlander in the Highlander oh, mythos, what would that be? Blade. Dang, that'd be cool. Yep. Blade on Blade, man. Who do you think would win? Would Blade just become the next Highlander? Would you... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's not how the Highlander were something else entirely. I don't. The thing is, is you can't try to make sense of the Highlander logic because that's how you wind up with Highlander 2 or Highlander <laughs> 3 and because they keep changing it because they keep just absolutely ruining everything when they try to do it. I don't know. I Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think it would just be a, a really cool thing to see between an immortal, you know, daywalker and an immortal of a different school. Probably Fair go, enough. like, hunt down some vampires. Some vamps. Vampires. It'd be a V, it'd be a v war. Yep. Uh, Caleb, what about you though, tattoo wise, man? What do you got? Do you got do you got tattoos on your mind? Do you got fluff money? Do you got? <laughs> no, not right now. Um, I just spent a lot of money on tools for school. Mm. So, but hopefully, you know, get some when school's done and got some, you know, higher tier income coming in. And yeah, I still want to get like I, I have plans for, you know, full sleeves and finish my chest, do a whole back piece. Yeah. I just, Fair I don't know. What, do you have, do you have an idea for your back piece that you want, that you want, or do you just, I, just lots, something you know you want to get eventually? Lots like of ideas. I'll probably like they'll probably happen Nick's in increments. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do like a Mount Rushmore picture with like Nick, Jameson, and then you have to like some everybody else has to like draw straws for the third phase. Hang on, I just remembered another tattoo pact. Oh, and that yeah. is if I front the money for it, Caleb on his thigh will get. A, a picture of me, a little cartoon picture drawing of me as a Khajiit from the Elder Scrolls, That's wearing true. some fisherman waders and holding a lockpick. Uh, how wow. much money would that require? <laughs> Not, much. Not much. I mean, I'll throw down on that shit. I don't have money for my own tattoos, but I'd, I'd like to see that. So. <laughs> I'd gladly, I'd gladly chip in for that. You guys make the appointment. I'll be there. <laughs> I'm a man of my word. Just, I have an adult money now. We'll we'll, we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> uh, I've already explained like it that. to my girlfriend. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's all out there. It's all. Yeah. Dang, dude. Yeah, that's cool, man. I, I'm kind of with like with you guys though. Like, it's tattoos are like, it, it's become like a, I don't know. It was a it, it was something I wanted to make a bigger priority, but then yeah, you just you just got like justify it the kind of mm -hmm. hard these days. But I do have like my fiance. She said like for my last birthday, she was basically just like, I got 200 bucks towards like some sort of tattoo for you next time I figure out what I want. So I was like, that will be nice see that's great yeah it won't mm -hmm. be my money it won't be my money. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a gift card yeah exactly. it encourages you to 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 go do that thing nick's been spending all of his money on synthesizers and how many how, yeah. how many things do you have in that room with you do i have in this room with me okay so i've actually downsized my studio a lot yeah. i've gotten i've sold like five midi controllers and i bought one that's on the way <laughs> that's going to replace the functions of the other five that I sold. Um, that's a good trade-off. Yeah, actually, but these, I actually did just pick up this this guy right here. That's a Reface DX. That's an FM synthesizer. 
basically all of the sounds of the synthesizers in the 80s were made on an FM synthesizer like that one. So I'm going to be making some aha, take on me type sounds, some <laughs> she blinded yeah. me with science type sounds. Science. I'm really looking forward to it. Dude, that's cool. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, you, many- you've been like, you've been just like, just turning out random jams, man. <laughs> I can't pick a style. <laughs> well, I think that's fucking all right. Dude. It's just like it's just it's just as long as you're having fun and you keep like enjoying the creative like the creative process. Like, I think it's silly when people try to like pin themselves into one particular thing because then it just limits you so hard. Mm-hmm. Like you're just like okay, now I'm just gonna be hyper focused on this style rather than like you know whatever the fuck else so i think it's a good thing man yeah i mean it's it's not my career too it's just it's a hobby so i don't need to make myself marketable what was the what was the name of the song for your most recent music video uh i don't really have a title oh the most the like the completed one that i did that was katsudan (laughs) (laughs) katsudan who was what which is the name of an elf uh character that a friend of mine was was playing in a game called Hero Quest, which is just basically D&D Lite as a board game. And uh, Katsudan was an absolute badass, went on a solo killing spree and killed like 12 creatures just on his own before he finally fell. He drew all of the enemies away from the party before he died. The party escaped the dungeon. So I wrote a song for him. Katsudan is also like a fried warrior. chicken cutlet over rice. Yep. Yep. And that's my, that's my frame of reference for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Uh, man, all right, what, like, are you guys playing? Any, James, do you play any games or anything, or do you just like, uh, like, like, I mean, you got, like, you got your, you got a kid, man. You got a whole cent, different type of like, uh, you know. Yeah, I have a two-year-old, type so of, type of thing to keep. Usually, up. Dude, I work. What's your, what's, what's your child's name, if I may ask? Uh, Caden. Okay. Cool. He has yeah. another name too. Oh, tell me yeah. the other one. <laughs> Ernesto Savage. Yeah, because what? <laughs> when. <laughs> The child goes absolutely nuts. I mean, he just goes like full rage mode sometimes, not in a bad way, just like running around. It's all happening. Yeah. yeah. And so when Caleb was living here with me, yeah, we decided that his alter ego was going to be Ernesto Savage. I don't know why, but that's what it was. So. We were drinking. That's. I mean, we did a lot of drinking those six months you were here. Oh my god, my liver is just barely recovering. No. I remember at one point during during one of the fantasy seasons, we were trying to convince you to agree to the prize would be to name your child, and my my suggestion was was Horno Microndas. (laughs) (laughs) Just just microwave oven, but in Spanish. I read it on the side of a box when I was working in a in a, a lumber yard. It was written on the side of a microwave in the warehouse. <laughs> I didn't know what it meant. But it sounded awesome. <laughs> Horn on my crew and Das Jones. <laughs> Wind up on Key and Peel's East West Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. For what it's worth, Jameson, I think it's I think it's awesome that you're raising a kid, man. You, I think you would. I think. No offense to a lot of our other friends, but I think you would be a great fucking parent. So hey, fuck no. you. No offense. No offense. <laughs> We're not ready, okay? We're not- <laughs> well, and, uh, to answer your question, so like, like I said, me and Amy work opposite schedules, so one of us is always with the kid, and then I work four tens, so i usually work like 5 30 to 4 30 every day and okay, then yeah. 
so basically on my weekends, like I basically just stay up till one in the morning playing video games that I've played way too many times. And that's about it. So yeah. what are you playing right now, man? Uh, they just came out with the new, well, it's not really new, but the Mass Effect remastered. So oh, I'm yeah. playing through those three right now. Nice. I heard about I heard about that remaster. How how is it? I mean, it, like I haven't been blown away by like the actual remaster aspect of it, but it's it brings back all those old feelings, you know. And it's like I remember sitting and playing this game nonstop when I had nothing else to do, and so it, it, it's always good for that. But. That's cool, man. I always like it when uh, you can revisit things and like the gameplay like that, like actually holds up and stuff like that. You know, you yeah, can still yeah. enjoy that. They did uh, fix the yeah. gameplay a lot for Mass Effect One. It it was, it I I've played through Mass Effect One like the un legendary edition like pretty recently, and it is just it, it is miserable. Yeah, and, and they, see, they, I haven't they, picked those up in five years at least, so I don't really remember, but. Like I'm playing through it now. I've I haven't been like blown away. Like oh my god, this is amazing. But the story is so good that it makes up for all of it. Well, yep. Ugh, that's how you. That's that's what it's for. That story. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it was. Well, that was one of those games. Like I literally just watched like everybody else play it. Like that was enough for me. Like I'm just like I have such a weird relationship with video games. Like I really love watching people play video games yeah. like i love like that that mm -hmm. kind of stuff but well and i yeah. remember my yeah. first uh exposure to mass effect was at the estate watching yeah. caleb and luke take turns playing that for like <laughs> hours and just smoking so much hookah and getting <laughs> yeah and I remember Dusty would always put mouthwash in the water so that we would get drunk <laughs> as well. And it's like, I don't know if that's how it works, but, oh, God. That sounds like such a Dusty thing to do. Yeah, we would put Listerine in the hookah water because God. it has alcohol in it. So we would get... Like, it'll work, it'll work. Where, where did he get the idea from? I don't know, I don't really... but... I've heard that before, too. And I it? mean, oh, watermelon, hookah, and Listerine is not a great mix. <laughs> I, I can't smell that without getting pretty close to vomiting now. That that smell yeah, is forever ruined for me. Yeah, Ugh. dude. I, I I don't know the last time I you know puffed on the hookah. I don't think I'd care to, even if it was one in front of me. There was like there was just a time at the estate where there was like always one going, like either upstairs or downstairs. <laughs> like I remember there a... being three at once, like one outside in the carport, one in the front room, and one in the bathroom downstairs. Nope. The one in the bathroom downstairs was mostly weed, but yeah, fair allegedly. Enough. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, every now and then there'd just be like a random, a random uh, Weesha bowl. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yep, yep. So we'd sneak it in there or whatever. It wouldn't always be acknowledged, but, you know, it was there. Yeah, there, the estate, dude. There's so much like, like, there's like all that stuff. There's like, I mean, we had Mantar's uh, wall of, Ye of Jaeger bottles for <laughs> forever, which was like, I mean, that was more impressive than, than the other random trash we collected but <laughs> the, uh, the Clooney poster the Clooney poster oh, yeah, the classic Clooney. yeah the, hey, and then yeah, the Scott Weiss painting yes I have I yeah. have questions about that the last I heard was that you Jameson were in possession of the large like 
eight by 10 painting, or eight by 10 is way too big. It was a very large painting of Scott Weiss. I can say that I've never been in possession of that. So I, I was at one point. Um, your sources are wrong, sir. <laughs> yeah, I, I had it at my damn house it. for a while. Um, like, I can't remember, because someone, they wanted it gone from the estate, so I just took it home and like, put it in my room to safeguard it. And then I think- Why did it gone? I think- Why did they want that gone? I, I thought I thought I like might have given it to Scott. I gave it to somebody. Um, I, can't, I can't remember if it was Scott. Or, uh, it, it, I lost track of it after that. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe hope. I wonder if I wonder if it's somebody in the, around the circle around the group has that. That'd be a, that'd be really interesting. Speaking I want to see with the Cluny poster, man. Yeah. Um, speaking of Scott Weiss, um, how many of you guys were present for Scott Weiss's going away party? I, I was, but only for the first part of it. Oh you talking God. about the, like when he was going to New Zealand? Yes. Yeah, bros and hoes. I mean, I vaguely remember it because yeah. I drank. I drank like a gallon of a screwdriver, and then I tried to drink like another one. So, like... hang on. I, I want to clarify the type of screwdriver here. He was not using orange juice. He had a gallon jug of Sunny, Sunny Delight. Yeah. Come on, man. When you keep it trashy, I mean... you gotta keep it classy. Okay. It was Sunny D and Manark. Yeah, you gotta yeah. make sure that. You gotta make sure that hangover is intense with all that sugar, man. It's important. Oh. Dude, it was yeah. I, I just I, I definitely remember I definitely remember uh, bits and pieces of that night. We'll say. <laughs> I, I have a I have a really wonderful like tale um, about that that night, but I don't know if I should tell it because uh, without Scott Weiss like signing off on me telling it. <laughs> you know you, if, if if I could probably I, do it. I would say this. Scott probably would say yes. <laughs> All right, let's go with it. Not don't... that I've talked to, not that I've talked to him. I I'll, I'll be, I'll be classy about it though. Um, fair enough, fair enough. Well, well I... somebody named Rob, not Scott. Yeah, Robert. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Well, from my perspective, what I remember was I remember Jared drinking the Sunny D and all that. Um, There's a lot of people just shuffling around, coming and going. Scott wasn't really there for a lot of it because um, he had a lady friend from Kashmir who was apparently a very good uh, piano player come visit him and they were just like ruthlessly making out on the couch. Um, and then they disappeared. <laughs> ruthlessly making out. Like, I, don't, I don't think any of us ever learned her name. She was just no, Piano Girl. Piano, piano girl, girl, that's right. Yeah. Uh, that's uh -huh. what we called her because we didn't know her name. Uh, but they disappeared. Um, and the party went on. I remember hanging out with like Jasper and we went down to, um, we went to like sneak away, like to like a tennis court or something. And, and yeah, the tennis courts were across the street from the estate, the junior high. And um, we allegedly yep. were- um, I remember that. Smoking some, some reefer, I think. And we heard something and we're like, what is that sound? And it was, it, it was a very sensual sound. Oh, um, someone was listening to Purple Rain or uh, Lovers in the Dark. Yes, perhaps. <laughs> and um, we realized that there were people in the soccer field making sweet love on the grass. And I remember that. Dude. <laughs> uh, then people on the that were, like coming and going in their cars, like turning their lights on, noticed this and started flashing their lights at them. <laughs> I remember looking up and seeing like just the silhouette of, of the two of them. And 
<laughs> they're shining lights on them. And uh, Scott, Robert, I mean, <laughs> Robert is Ro- waving Robert his Weiss, hand. Weiss. Like, like, stop it, turn that shit off. Robert is not happy. <laughs> so we all just left him alone and went back to our thing and giggled about it. And at one point, uh, Robert came back and asked uh, Luke and said, I, I need more condoms. And then, <laughs> and then he disappeared into the night again for a while. And uh, then the, the party kind of started to end as it got really late. And I don't remember who all was there, but we were watching the Pokemon movie. I think it was me and Luke and Pat. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say Luke must have been up then. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he put it on, and we were. It was like the sun was coming up. It was, you know, we took like a nap or something, and then Scott just like, you know how that door downstairs at the estate just like slammed open. <laughs> yeah. He just kicked it open. Um, I mean Robert. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and Robert has his jeans draped over his shoulder and they're just like soaking wet because <laughs> of all the, like the dew out in the in the in the, the field i guess or maybe the sprinklers came on and we looked at him like where what have you been doing and he said playing the piano <laughs> <laughs> oh man and then we smoked the bowl out on the tennis field while he was in his underwear <laughs> And then he drove me home, and that is the last time that I saw Scott Weiss. If we're telling Robert stories, I have one as well. But, what do you got? Uh, Tell it, please. I don't I love, know if you I guys were stories. there. I know Caleb was there because he was kind of playing uh, sober that night, but Dusty threw a big party at his house. And for some reason, like a whole truckload of people from Wenatchee showed up, and Robert ended up in the corner making out with this girl well it turns out that that girl was the sister of one of the guys who was there and so this big burly bastard takes a swing at scott and then we force him out of dusty's house and we're all watching him drive away and then somebody just yelled that the cops were coming. So me and Scott and Filippo, if you guys remember Filippo, yeah. we uh, yeah. we sprinted out of Dusty's house, jumped the fence, and ran all the way to Pizza Hut from Dusty's house. <laughs> just because we thought the party was getting busted. That's a long fucking way. That and then, um, I don't know if you guys remember Ryan Wynn. Yeah. Either. Yeah. He picked us up and Scott was like, all right, man, we got to go back. We got to save our friends if they're there. We can't let them go down alone. So we He's go an honorable back. man. What was he going to do? I, I don't know, but everyone was just sitting in the hot tub, like happy as can be. And they're like, where did you guys go? <laughs> I remember Rex was naked in the hot tub <laughs> and just like walking around the house naked, just hammered. <laughs> But I remember yeah. Caleb was dealing with all the like drunk puking people because there was a lot of sloppy yeah. people at that party, and Caleb stayed sober and was a real gentleman that night. Some other champion, me. a champion. Yeah, I definitely remember. Uh, God, dude, with when Filippo was was you know here, <laughs> we did all sorts of like we did a lot of drinking, man. That's oh, how yeah. Mantar got ridden. Mantar got ridden in the Garlini's backyard because me and Filippo got day drunk a little bit. And then like, eventually, <laughs> eventually like, 
you know, it just uh, people came over. The one thing led to another, and blah 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 blah. But yeah, dude, like we did like uh, we even I think we also invented that game. Not invented. It's not really a game either. It, I can't remember what it's called. Circle of Death or something like that, where it was like one person into the middle, and you basically have a bottle of liquor. And we did this during it's going away, I think, where it was like you get obliterated. The person in the middle takes a swig and you pass it to one of the people in the circle. They take a swig and you pass it back to the person in the middle. They oh. take a swig and you pass it back oh. to the next person. <laughs> it was a fucked up game. Filippo, though, I just remember Filippo did it and he didn't seem. We we were drinking the the shittiest booze because between me and him we had little very little money. We were drinking Skull vodka. <laughs> And that dude, like, he never, like, very rarely did he ever seem like he was full on fucking drunk. But he always drank, like, tit for tat with me. I remember that. Like, and that was always fucking crazy to me. Yeah. I wonder what that cat's up to, man. It would be amazing to find, to, to somehow get reconnected with him, dude. Yeah, it's going to be real hard to find him. But I mean, oh, yeah. That was like a year. I mean, he was here for a year and he was part of the friends group. He was always with us. Dude, yeah, he was right. Yeah, he was right there, man. He he was he was awesome. I just remember the last time I had contact with him was God. It was so it felt it feels like so long ago. It was like over. I don't even think it was on Facebook. It must have been on MySpace still. And it would have it was like right before there were these like protests and stuff that were happening in Greece. And he was basically like his last message to me at least was like you know where we had like checked in. It was just sort of like I'm he- I'm going to Greece, you know, and I'll you know talk to you later or whatever basically and that was the last time i had had heard from him and i think his intent because he had always he was always sort of you know he had the mind uh, for it i suppose he always was leaning towards wanting to be involved in protests and things like that for one reason or another and so i'm wondering if he actually wasn't like went there with that intent but yeah it'd be interesting maybe he went there to topple the government that's what I'm thinking. Maybe yeah. he did. He's running Greece right now. Maybe. He's living in <laughs> no. some abandoned villa, just having a great no, time. That, yeah. The shadow yeah, governor. I thought it was just so funny that the Italian foreign exchange student was brought in, was brought in and he stayed at the Garlini's. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> I was like, that is so Wenatchee. Like everyone, like it just seems like there's a giant conspiracy for Wenatchee to do the most like stereotypical things like yeah okay we got a italian exchange student we better put him with the one family that owns an italian restaurant <laughs> otherwise he won't know what to eat yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny to me dude but the garlinis were cool as shit like they yeah. were super down to earth folks man like it was it's like, good food yeah, good food. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was just the fucking funniest thing. Like, I was, I cracked up about that the entire time that he was there. I was like, how is this happening? <laughs> but it worked out so well because me and him skipped school so much the year he was there. Like, I, mean, I don't know if it worked out. I'm not saying like that worked out well, but <laughs> me and him skipped school so, so much that like because the Garlinis were right across the street from the high school and they had that like they had that hot tub in their backyard. Me and him would literally just get drunk on vodka like three out of four, five days out of the week sometimes and it was like that's what we did that's that that it was just like it was just we'd soak in the hot tub and get day drunk just relaxing so was, that that story just reminded me of uh it's kind of a little bit of a callback to you're asking what video games were we've been playing and i've been yeah. playing assassin's creed lately um which one and uh, valhalla um it's 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 pretty good it's different but Anyway, um, I was playing the old ones back then, like in high school, 
And when you said escaping from, from school, I was like, okay, I remember something pretty cool. This I was so proud of this, um, but uh, we had an assembly. It was like a pep assembly. And I was like, fuck that, I'm not gonna go. And Rex had managed to get out and he texted me. He's like, hey, I'll wait for you. I'll pick you up, like, just come meet me here or whatever. And I said, okay, I gotta get out of here. And I tried to go sneak out of the door to the, like by the wood shop, like they, it opened up and they had the greenhouses for horticulture and then all that stuff. And there was like, you could, you know, run up yeah, the, yeah. that road by the tennis courts. Yeah. And I was, I was going to do that. And then um, a shop teacher was like, Hey, go into the assembly. And I was like, Oh, I've just got to go to the bathroom real quick. And I ducked into the bathroom and I waited a few minutes and I poked my head out until he was gone. And then I got into the uh, wood shop. I went out that door and then I went to that gate, but it was chained up, like I couldn't get out. And um, I looked around and I saw like, there's a, the, like a, a ledge that led up to like the bus ramp. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I had it in my head. I'm like, I could do some parkour right now. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing Assassin's Creed. I know how to do this. I know and, how to do this. And I did it though. I ran and I like planted a little bit on the wall and I jumped up and I grabbed the ledge and like and pulled myself up and then I jumped over the fence and ran through this guy's orchard and then I found Rex out in the road and ran away. I mean there that was go, the standard. I don't I think in the three years I was at the high school, we went to like one of the stupid pep assemblies. I mean, we always just booked it out of Re- out to Rex's truck and disappeared immediately. Yeah, dude. It, it, yeah, they were. It was always super easy to get out of shit like that. Like, so, well, sometimes. I mean, sometimes they would patrol, and it was like a little. You had to shift, be a little shifty, but. Yeah, dude. I that that stuff was always like. As soon as you knew there was one for that day, you're like, okay. Now nah, I'm getting out early. It was like, <laughs> I'm fucking dipping. Just yeah, gotta but, prepare like, yourself for some evasive parkour. Well, and particularly like, uh, with uh, Troy's house being so close, I think his his place was probably the closest. Like, as you, it's like if you can get like a certain distance away from the high school, you were like, you're, you're good to go. You're safe. You know? Yeah, and then if you just make it to Troy's house or something, then like you're good to go. But it's also dependent on if like Troy was going to skip, which. That I think was like more of a pull. Sometimes he didn't. He didn't always want to like mm-hmm. risk the risk at all. But he, he was always more respectful. <laughs> uh, man, yeah. Well, I got. I mean, like, let's see. One of my. I have so many random Scott stories. I mean, Robert stories. Uh, <laughs> like, there's one. Okay, so me and him. I mean, you guys probably know, but me and him used to. Uh, try to go out to whatever bar scene was was happening in Wenatchee, which at the time was Fuel. <laughs> 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 and so <laughs> it was like Fuel, and then there was like, you know, if you just were like, fuck it, let's just go get drunk and like, you know, whatever. You'd go down to Traps and just like listen to people do bad karaoke. Or you'd do bad karaoke yourself, which was also fun. What was Shout that to Todd, one? by the way. Sorry to cut you off, but what was oh, that one good. club when we were in high school that was like, was it like 10 below or something? Do you guys remember that? I, feel, I never below. went, but I remember hearing people talk about this. Like, I think it was an under 21 club in Wenatchee, which sounds like the worst thing imaginable. So it was, <laughs> I can't remember. It wasn't it 10 does. below. It was, uh, there was another club on the corner, like across from the park where they do Apple Blossom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the volcano go, or whatever, yeah, right? You yeah. could go upstairs um, 
aside, uh, like separate from their their dance floor bar area, and they had a a little room upstairs that we yeah. played some shows at. Yeah, I can't remember what like the, the yeah I can't remember the official like name of that was, but that was attached to the volcano club yeah. that was there for a while. I remember because uh, the yeah. Waldos we played there a few times, and I remember one time you guys got really mad at me because um, the day that the day of the show I just. Uh, just smoked weed all day and was like I went longboarding for like 10 hours and I was exhausted and so I played the show and I just kind of stood there and just played the bass and you, you're like you guys you weren't moving you weren't doing anything you you damn inanimate object yeah and I think Rex took my longboard the day of the next show I was like you're not doing that again <laughs> confiscates your board <laughs> damn mm. yeah uh so me and Scott, or Robert, we would uh, basically because we didn't want to pay for drinks at Fuel or, you know, one of the other uh, quote unquote clubs in Wenatchee. We would go get uh, we'd buy a bunch of four locos and go, go sit in the alley behind behind some of the businesses in Wenatchee at night. You mean because there's mean nobody the, there. What do, do, you, do you mean the alley where the devil lives? The devil lives Loco in Fort Alley. in Loco Alley. <laughs> <laughs> Loco Alley. I forgot about that. Oh my god. Dude, yeah. Loco Alley was like it became like a fucking ritual for me and him, man. It was like, <laughs> it was, like I said, we go we'd buy like I don't know, four four locos and like sit there and just hug them down. And we wouldn't, so I will say this sometimes we cleaned up, sometimes we just assumed that the people that worked there would clean up for us. <laughs> but, but me and Robert would then subsequently go to the clubs and uh, try and like. Hit on hit on women all drunk on four loco. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that work just, out for you? <laughs> just a terrible, terrible scene. Terrible scene. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah, it's like you 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 smell like corn syrup and vodka. <laughs> and like, Get away from me. <laughs> your team, depending Did on the loco, might have a stain on them. <laughs> Did you try an Australian accent at one point? I did, dude. I used to, I, there were like multi, at multiple points. It's like, I used to get so drunk that I would just like, it happened in Leavenworth one night in particular. I, I got, I got so drunk. I just started walking around the bar with a, with just in a, talking to everybody in a fake Australian accent and nice. just, just, just cutting deep into like some sort of random backstory that I was like making up as the night went on. And so like, it just, and I think that like was, is what built like people just bought into it that was like the weirdest thing i remember i was wearing a god i remember the most distinct things about that night i was wearing a neon yellow carlton shirt like it was just like a, shirt that just had like a giant picture of carlton on it. And, and, and i was just like it was at uh oh what's that fuck? it was during Oktoberfest, and like the tents were all closing down so everybody was just like going to the bar the bars and so yeah I was just walking around doing this fucking stupid fake Australian accent and it was just like it was just so funny everybody was buying it and then eventually I just stopped like I got it's like I got drunk enough to do it and then I got drunk enough to stop <laughs> where I just completely forgot to do it and like what I don't know that was probably the best part of the night was like watching people's reactions as they slowly realized like this Wait fucking asshole. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just a damn local. <laughs> <laughs> damn well. 
I, I also it. almost got into a fight at the gas, the Shell gas station halfway between Leavenworth and <laughs> fucking Cashmere that same night. <laughs> I remember uh, I have another Robert story that came to mind. Uh, oh, yeah, that wasn't even a Robert story. That I forgot. Oh, but yeah, what, what's he, your Robert he, story? He uh, called me. He goes, what are you doing? I was like, nothing. I'm just reading. And he's like, you want to get high? I'm like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> And, oh my God. and he's like, okay, I'll come pick you up. Picks me up, and we're like, we're going to do this. Because, you know, you had to find a spot back then. Oh, yeah. And we just, we went to a cemetery and <laughs> smoked weed in a, like, in a mausoleum or something. Just really disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> and really fucking weird. But we're like, no one's going to look for us in there. And he's like, I like it. Let's do it. And... So we did, and then I don't know. We're I think we eventually met up with you, Jared, at, and like Calvin at somebody's house. I don't remember. I was obliterated, but you were high, boy. Oh, like like <laughs> back when it was like new and it like changed your life. Um, but I remember we both were like that, and he was driving us allegedly to um, someone's house, allegedly. and um, <laughs> he's just stopped at a green light for like a minute and he's like should i go and i'm like yeah dude it's green go <laughs> oh, we, we, got, we got to the house and i think we all you showed up with i think a half gallon of bv and we drank <laughs> there it is you know the bv once the bv pops out you know the rest of the night starts going uh in a better direction <laughs> yeah I there's multiple nights what do you got Please no, go ahead. You were starting. Uh, I, was, I was just gonna say there were multiple nights with with between me and Robert where it was like we drink too much at Loco Alley, and then we'd get some more drinks to the bar, and then we would like either allegedly dry, try to drive home, or we would just give up completely and try and walk uh, either to Scott's or my parents' house. Scott's not really was uh, feasible very often. <laughs> depending yeah. on the state we were in, but there's multiple times we would like, literally we'd get up the hill uh, about like near where the junior high is and we would just give up and pass out in the field <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, oh like, it was a big ass hill. There was one time, there was like these uh, apartments kind of near where the old junior high was. And they were like renovating the field that used to be the track field. And there was like a big fence there. And me and Scott got so tired and because we were so fucking faded that we just climbed the fence in this field and like went and passed out from the old track field for like <laughs> half the evening. <laughs> it was so bad. And then we lost on top of it, we lost uh Robert's keys, which his his car was parked at my at my house. So like when we didn't realize it, so like we got up in this like weird stupor halfway in the night, we crawled back up the fence, like walked <laughs> all the way back up and like passed out for like two hours in the in like the basement at my parents' house. And then we got up thinking like, oh shit, we got to get your car and like get all this stuff like organized. And then we realized that like his keys were MIA. And so we had to go back to that field that we passed out and like dig around for it. It was so fucking bad, man. Hang on. Did he rip his pants that night? He did. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I remember there were multiple instances of, of Scott hopping fences for, excuse me, Robert, hopping fences yeah. for one reason or another. And I remember yeah. one of them, he like ripped like the entire like inner part of his thigh of his pants were just like ripped yeah. out. Yeah, because because the tops of the fence, we didn't realize when we were climbing up where the, like, the, it was the like had the spikies oh, the poking <laughs> out of it. <laughs> when we like, got to the top, we we're like, fuck it, just get over. <laughs> I it twice. 
<laughs> yeah, we climbed it twice. We were assholes. We couldn't. It was like we didn't think about it in the moment. But yeah, <laughs> Loco Alley takes away takes away your logic sometimes. <laughs> that's that's the lesson to be learned there. But yeah, dude. I also remember James. You mentioned Ten Below. That club, like that club, quote unquote, opened like below that fucking bar. What was it? Applewood. Uh, Apple, Applewood yeah. Grill. Yeah. He's so drunk at Applewood. Me and James, dude. Me and Jake used to go so fucking drunk at Applewood during the day because he'd get off his night shift. I'd meet him at a cafe. We'd slug coffee at the wait till 11 a.m. and then go get drinks. (laughs) 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 It was a good cycle for a while. Uh, But I remember when that club, like, it was like it was starting to get off the ground or whatever down there. And it was right around the time that I was dipping out of town that I decided to go on one last run down, like, one Ashy Avenue, basically, and I got so pissed drunk that by the time I was at Tembolo, like somebody, I just remember somebody made the comment to me, like, "You're sp- like, what the fuck is your deal, man? You're like, you're spitting angry right now." And I was like, "I'm not fucking spitting." And then I started spitting on the ground in there. I just kept <laughs> spitting on the fucking floor. I was like, "Now I'm fucking spitting." And I just like kept spitting, and then I got kicked the fuck out. <laughs> nice. Oh, and God. then. That was the same night I went to fuel with Brian. Brian wouldn't like his name getting dragged down there, but I went to fuel with Brian, who's like one of the most wholesome fucking dudes I've ever met. I'm just gonna say. And again, I was so like, I just, cause I was just like, fuck this, fuck the fuck fuel. Uh, I went there and like one of the first things I did was like, I need to sit down. So I just walked up to a table, just cleared the drinks off the table, <laughs> onto the ground <laughs> and just sat down. I was like, fuck. And then like, nobody did shit. So I was like, whatever, man. And so then I had to smoke. And then I was like, I was like, I don't want to, I want to go smoke a cigarette. And I was like, but wait, I don't, I'm not going to go outside. So I just popped one in my mouth and just totally Dave Chappelle did it. Just like lit my smoke in the booth and just like, waited for somebody to come up to me and like in the most gentle way somebody came up and was like hey hey man um you like you can't be smoking in here and so i was like okay whatever man i'll go i'll go finish it outside so i finished my smoke outside and i was like because at this point i was determined to get kicked the fuck out of fuel because i was like how is this all happening and nobody's like there's no repercussions (laughs) so i went i just went up to the bar and i was just like ordering drinks and i ordered I can't even fucking remember. I, I ordered my drink and then like the bartender put up another drink like right close to me. And so I was just like, boom, thanks. My, must be my drink, slammed it. And some girl, some like lady was just like, hey, that's my fucking drink. And started like yelling at me about it. And that's what got got me kicked out of the club that night was that I accidentally drank somebody else's drink. It wasn't that I broke a bunch of glasses. It wasn't that I smoked on their, like in their fucking, like off near their dance floor or whatever. It was just like, it was like the silliest reason to me. So. Before that, I just went around back, climbed on top of the building, and passed out. <laughs> oh my god! Revenge, revenge is not always a cold dish. It's a fucking weird dish. Okay, like, I was like, God damn them! I'll show them. I'm gonna sleep on your roof. <laughs> That's one way to do it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a. It was a weird, weird way to end that night. I think. <laughs> Especially oh, just waking man. up. I just remember waking up there and just like, why am I on top of fuel? <laughs> <laughs> God damn, dude. Yeah, Ooh, I, I just I, I just held in five sneezes. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> five whole sneezes. Yeah, dude. I just I don't know if you could hear him, but I held it's a podcast. It's a podcast record. Jeremiah took a piss openly. Yeah. And I'm trying to hold my sneezes. I left it in there. I left that thing raw. Okay. I heard it. I heard it. It was it was awful in all of its glory. Um, I was gonna bring up 
I was thinking about this, thinking about stories to bring up. I, the first night that I met Jared, just talking about all of our old bands. I don't know if you remember this, but we, me and Dusty, and I think Caleb was there, and then possibly the uh, Elliot and Joey, maybe. But we met you and Fitz at Taco Bell. And then we went back to Elliot's house and we wrote the most horrible emo song ever imaginable. And I think I, I've heard it played on people's iPods in the past, but for the life of me, I do not remember the name of the band, but it was, I mean, it was half acoustic and Elliot and David sang on it. I, the worst thing imaginable. I remember, I mean, I remember what the, you're talking about, the project. I don't can't remember the name, but the name of For the Life of Me either. But we recorded it and it was yeah. like out there too, because yeah, we it was, thought it was really good and it was not good. It was like, <laughs> it was like a weird, like sort of like a postal service-y attempt at like some sort of emo. I remember I that. Know. I just, I can't, what the fuck was that called? Oh my God. Fitz would oh, probably know. Fitz he would. might know, yeah. But I just remember, because we yeah. we got together and I we went to Elliot's house and we we're all talking about this. I mean, we we're talking about David's parents passing and then my dad passing. We got yeah, this yeah, super it was like a heavy, serious, night, deep night and we're like, we're gonna write this song. It's gonna be. Yeah, I remember that. We, we drank tequila. Yeah. Yeah. And then we wrote and, it. That's probably uh, why we thought it was good. Yeah. yeah. So maybe. Uh, I remember that, man. I, I remember. I do remember that occasion, actually. Like, that, that's kind of. Dude, I haven't thought about that in a while. But yeah. Because that's the first night that's I ever met time. you. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That was, that was. Holy shit, man. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> you, also, you also just briefly mentioned Taco Bell there. Taco Bell was a. Like, in both. I just have to mention it. In both like East Wenatchee and Wenatchee were these weird hubs of activity. <laughs> well, I remember at that time you were kind of doing a vegetarian thing. And I, I remember trying. asking oh, you, that's right. but if you're vegetarian, why are you eating Taco Bell? And you're like, well, sometimes when you drink, you just got to do things. <laughs> Good answer. That is sound logic. That is sound logic. You know, I did vegetarian stuff because my dad back in the day, uh, me and him always had this tit for tat kind of relationship. And he was like making me do all like the gross work at, at the at his barbecue restaurant for the longest time like it was like clean out the grease trap like oh. dealing with like all like the fucking meat and stuff which actually in retrospect i don't i you know was actually really awesome but the grease trap shit wasn't mm -mm, uh, that's not great <laughs> and, and so like as like as like a way to stick it to him i was like i'm just gonna stop eating meat for a while <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't yeah what a fucking dumb thing that was because it definitely didn't like I don't know. It didn't have any impact on, yeah, on anything except for <laughs> my my diet until I was drunk. Apparently. <laughs> oh, speaking of Taco Bell, the last time, uh, I think it was the last time with Jeremiah. I was going to tell you the story. We ran out of time about going into Taco Bell with a boombox. Were Were Jameson or Nick? Were you guys present for that? I was wasn't. There. I was not there. So what was it? We uh, we got we burnt a CD that only had uh, what was it? Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yep. Um, and <laughs> put it in the boombox. I went into Taco Bell 
and Rex had his getaway car running. Of course. Think, so it must have been me and Rex and Nick and Austin, I think. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like the crew. And I just walked into Taco Bell. And I got, put, we, we have we have to talk about your outfit first. What was I wearing? I don't remember. So I think you were just you were just wearing like a long coat with no shirt. You, I think you had a little <laughs> necklace on at the time. But I remember this. This is a this is a key part of the story. Is how absolutely weird you looked, and you had oh, these I, small like trick like sunglasses that had yeah. little holograms of eyes on them. Yep, I remember those. <laughs> like perfectly yep. round glasses with little holograms of eyes on them, and they 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 like would like change color and shape. Yep, that's true. All right, and now, but, now yeah. You, so you I was continue. I was dressed like that, and I had a boombox, <laughs> and I went in there. I remember it took a while because we had to burn the CD, get the outfit together, and then we had to find a bunch of like C batteries to power the CD player boombox, um, <laughs> and then we drove to Taco Bell. There's a lot of planning involved in this, um, and I walked in there, and I turned it up as loud as it could go, and I pressed play, and I just held it up in the air. Like I was in, like I was in the movie outside the window, and um, uh, the the employees just kind of looked at me, uh, were like, "What the fuck is going on?" And I remember this is one table of these like dudes, like maybe like in their thirties, and they're like, "What the fuck is this?" Like just getting mad. I, I the whole song, the whole fucking song. My arms hurt like hell. They were burning. And I was I, I was trying to keep a straight face, but I wanted to laugh like hysterically so bad that I was just like clenched up as, and I was just crying because I was like trying not to laugh. So there's just tears streaming down my face. And the song ended. I pressed stop. I walked out. I didn't say anything to anyone. And then I just walked and got back into the car and everyone in the car was like, what the fuck? was that and yeah that's that story this is less like, exciting but i remember going to taco bell with flannery and for some reason you were obsessed with coins at the point yeah instead of money and so you walked up to the counter and you had a satchel of coins and you're like i'll trade you two golds for one burrito <laughs> you gave her two gold sacagawea coins yep. <laughs> you would trade your whole McDonald's paycheck in at the bank. I, I, I went with you one time. Yep. And you got like fifty-eight dollars worth of Sacagawea coins, and then just put them in a leather satchel. Yep. Oh my god! I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's always the hardest thing about when you're when, like pulling off like some sort of ridiculous prank is just like trying to like keep yourself straight faced and stuff like that. Like trying to maintain the seriousness of the character. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I did it. I always had a ton of respect for you, Jared, because you would do, you would like rock those super tiny yellow gym <laughs> shorts just for shock effect and just totally serious. It did not. You would wear those and like a cut off T-shirt and a yellow headband. So it all matched. <laughs> and you were just like going for it all the time. And, oh, like a tennis wow. pro. <laughs> In the 70s. I mean, I wouldn't be able to hold myself together at that point. So, it's, yeah. Kudos to you, man. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. That was always like the fun thing. I mean, like, that was like uh, the Schmouter show we played in Quincy, where it was like, it was <laughs> like, oh two, like, you know, a handful of seniors at like the, the, the rec center or something like that. No, we were at a church. It, it was, was at a church. I was yeah. there. Yeah. It, it oh was like God, it dude. was like this like Christian community center thing. 
bands. Such Christian bands and such, then us. Such yeah. a, a bad setting. Uh, that, was the, that was that was Rex's corpse paint. Nope. I think that was the first time he had corpse paint on when we played. He, he didn't just uh, have corpse paint. He did the same corpse paint as Abbott from Immortal. Um, so it was it was an homage. It was an homage. <laughs> Respect. Respect. I was in the audience. I helped you guys like set up and everything. And I remember just like looking at everybody that was there, watch you, and the looks on their faces. Like, what the fuck? Probably about the time we got to the Serpent King part. <laughs> what the hell? But that was like that set. Like I was, I think I was rocking like really short red shorts, and like a te- like a fucking old, like it was like an old polo I had taken from my dad. So it was like a like like a polo from the eighties. And that, was that the, was that the day we? I think somebody we tried to scribble "Let's Party" on my chest. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think we did that. But you're forgetting also the the. I, I think that was the show that you were wearing that like satin white with the gold trim Kiwanis vest. <laughs> that thing that thing got around, man. <laughs> yep. Jasper wore that for one show. A lot of people wore that vest. That was a That's, strange article of clothing. It had like magic eagle like powers. It just I, <laughs> I, I always remember Dusty's tweed jackets. Oh god, yeah, dude. Yeah, Dusty's like, like he looks like he was a sports announcer who just picked up a guitar. <laughs> Dusty always had a great collection of blazers, dude. You know? He did, he did. It's because the Goodwill was right there, and that was yeah. just like prime time to bad light to buy like yeah. bad '90s suits. Oh, and people Gil just had abandoned. So many. <laughs> he did, man. That was it. Like the Goodwill, like Goodwill was pretty good, though, and that's where I always got like the most ridiculous shit to like try and wear. I remember though, like one time I missed out on something super good was like I saw like legit saw like a, a white leisure suit at the at the Goodwill, and I was like, oh my fucking god, like I have to have that. But I didn't have like any money on me, and there was like, you know, the ATM wasn't wasn't in my you know wasn't in my game, so I had to run home and get cash because I was still living at the estate. And by the time I got back to that fucking Goodwill, it was gone. Like somebody else had snatched oh. it up in like in like the half an hour I was gone. I was like, damn, leisure suits are hot right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember my my favorite one of your goodwill finds was this like this yellow sport coat. It was like this half blazer, half casual jacket. It, it kind of looked like a slightly more business casual version of like Luke Skywalker's jacket from the end of A New Hope. <laughs> yeah. I love that jacket. Bill the Viking wore that jacket in oh, yeah. I one of, that. in our movie, The Eyes of Russell. Ooh, that was a great movie. <laughs> wow. I mean, I don't know if I mean Jared might not even know what that I, is. I, that, I I I know the jacket, but what's this movie that you guys are talking about? <laughs> it was a project for psychology. Yeah, for Schmatter psychology class. And it was me, uh, Rex, uh, Jameson, Nick was in it. Um, and what and was the ti- what was the what was the was the eyes called of Russell? The eyes of Russell. It was and about Caleb, me with like, schizophrenia. Yeah, Caleb played a paranoid schizophrenic, and Nick was his, like, his, um, I don't even know what to hallucination. call it. Hallucination. Yeah, hallucination. And he was just a <laughs> Viking. And we were just, like, running around Wenatchee, and at one point, Caleb, like, had a episode and cut his hand off, and it was a great movie. I mean, it, it was... <laughs> really done well in theaters i'm just saying <laughs> I, we, yeah i mean we, we went in with a million dollar budget made four 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 and a half million dollars on that at the box office uh, i think it went pretty well yeah you should uh, yeah. submit it to sundance <laughs> some good numbers some good numbers I, I still remember some of the best parts of it were 
so I, I edited that film and it, I I wasn't even in the class and I did like a whole bunch of like the editing work for you. You did guys. the most work, Nick, like out of anyone. It was you only were, me and Rex. Caleb wasn't in it either. Caleb <laughs> starred in it. Nick did all the editing. I literally had two minutes and I shot it with my mom's like little handheld camera. Hang and on, Rex like... had like one minute as the psychologist. I got waterboarded. I want to <laughs> I want to talk about your no, hang on. That was Eyes of Russell 2. Oh, um, no, I want to talk about your, your avant-garde. Wait, wait, hold on. There's a sequel. <laughs> yes, because, because okay. the year that you and Caleb actually, actually did get into the Tishmouter psychology class, we had to make a sequel to Eyes of Russell. Okay, okay. So continue <laughs> down. Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. Continue but, down the Eyes of Russell path here. <laughs> okay, so so I did all of the editing on that film, and I had ninety percent of the work was correcting for when Jameson was holding the camera and would just at random switch from holding it horizontal to holding it vertical in the middle of a sh in the middle of a shot. I thought it auto corrected and I didn't realize it did not have that technology. I was trying to go for like from full screen to widescreen in so one movement, I, and it did not work out. It I was having to like do separate cuts and like do quick cuts, like smash cuts into things. I was having to do like, I was trying to like fake reaction shots of what was just available on that camera just to mask like the scene where the camera starts to rotate and then there's another shot and then it finishes rotating and now the movie's aspect ratio is in vertical digital camera format for no reason. <laughs> And it's the funniest thing about it was you edited all of it out except for one scene and i remember watching everyone in the class their head like the camera turned and everyone's head turned sideways <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so funny don't be such a fucking wet blanket editor nick don't try to stifle his creative vision hey that i that was a lot of work that i put into a project that i received literally no credit for Nothing. <laughs> no compensation. Just the opportunity to dress up like a Viking with the shield that I made in Woodshop and a sword that I bought in Butte, Montana. It's your debut as a filmmaker. <sighs> it really was. So, so oh yeah, hang on. That, so I, that let oh what? I gotta clarify because we brought it up because of the jacket. At one point, halfway through the film, while the the, the vision of Bill the Viking in like Viking garb or what you know a sixteen year old kid could put together for Viking garb is tormenting Caleb. At one scene, he's just not wearing that anymore, and he's just wearing like slacks and a button-up shirt yep. and that yellow jacket playing the bongos. <laughs> Dear God, uh, it made little uh, sense. He was a build a Viking as a malevolent spirit until the sequel. And they they gave me uh they gave me a, um, I got electroshock therapy, but they used my B fifty two half stack. <laughs> yep, we had to we we tied him down to the pool table with guitar straps that weren't tied to anything, and then we hooked him up with a couple of guitar cables and we turned on the amp for the switch shot. <laughs> it's great. Perfect. It's cinema, cinema gold. Uh, so, but that was in the sequel. No, this this was all this in the was first the film. Original. Yeah. Oh my yep. god, the first the first film sounds. This this is all the first film. The first film the the, the plot synopsis is that uh, so the Russell is a paranoid schizophrenic. Uh, he's being tormented by his hallucination of a Viking. He has an episode where he chops off his hand with an axe that Bill gives him. But uh, it turns out 
his hand was just inside of his sleeve. Yep. So, he thought he cut it off, but he didn't. So, but he didn't. So Ru- Russell passes out at, during this episode, and he gets rescued by Jameson, who shows up like just strong man picks up Caleb, throws him over his shoulder, runs in, and then just straight up just like pro wrestling just hucks him into the back of his big ass like F one fifty that you yeah, had. Yeah, I had my lifted <laughs> truck. I didn't have a single line in that whole movie. I just <laughs> ran in, like sprinted in, grabbed him, threw him over my shoulder, and then threw him into the back of my truck, and then I peeled out in the state park, which we got yelled at for. <laughs> that shit that shit hurt. <laughs> like I was laying in the back while we were driving and just like, oh my fuck. <laughs> and so anyways, after he gets rescued by 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 Jameson, he gets taken to the to the psychiatric ward because it's the ni- 1950s. We needed uh, we needed it to be an appropriate period of time for someone to get a lobotomy. <laughs> and so so obviously Rex is playing the doctor. His name's Dr. Kazabrot. <laughs> Cheese bread in German to clarify. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> we were so creative. Like honestly, this is solid. That's I, what I'm saying though. That's what I'm. I'm with you, dude. Like it's who has who makes up like this deep for like a character shit and like this random of shit just for like. A psych, a psych project? Is that yeah? That was all just a. We just had to make like a five-minute video for psychology. If you thought Shutter Island was crazy, <laughs> you gotta see this shit. I mean, so, I don't want to compare myself to Scorsese, but you should I'm gonna do it. Film. I'm, I, I'm gonna say you're Scorsese. I'm definitely not DiCaprio, but uh, Rex was a very good actor. Yeah, so, Re- oh my god, Rex did like so you, a shoe polish mustache, and it was this like horribly thick thing. He <laughs> the did black a metal face. accent too, didn't he? I I don't know. He, no, he, he didn't do like an accent, but he he, he did a voice. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> like this very this very strange voice. It, I I remember my favorite line, my absolute favorite line of in that entire movie, is that. He's doing like a Rorschach test, and we didn't even understand how the test worked at the time, so we just showed Caleb a piece of paper with some ink, and he was like, it looks like a Viking. <laughs> and then Rex's response is something like, but but Russell, Vikings don't live in the 1950s, they live in Norway. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was in the first or the second one, but there's a shot of him where it just cuts to him, and there's a blast beat playing, and he's just going, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no, so we, I, we actually got really we got really creative with the camera work in Eyes of Russell too. So we made sure that literally every single time the camera cuts to Rex, his, <laughs> his face is turning to look into the camera. <laughs> like his face, for some reason, whenever he's not all on screen, is looking at something else, and then he turns to look at Russell for every single line that he sometimes says. Sometimes it was really slow. <laughs> Those are my favorite when it's just like, where's? <laughs> it's so good. So bad, but amazing. We we gave him some of the best lines, like, uh, uh, like so when when Russell was brought out of cryogenic freeze. <laughs> that's that's where we're at in the plot. He was wearing the jumpsuit, which was that like garbage man suit that we once again found at Goodwill. And then Russell's sitting there asking Doctor Kazabro, "What what am I wearing? I'm from what? I, this isn't these aren't the clothes that I was brought in." And, and then. Rex stands up wearing just normal people clothes, and he says, "It's the future, Russell. Everybody dresses this way." <laughs> and then just walks out. 
there's a part later where I'm running through town and I look around at everybody that's like actually just walking, going about their day in Wenatchee. In Wenatchee. And I'm like, nobody dresses like this. What the hell? <laughs> what is this? I'm the only one. He's like peering, he's like suspiciously peering into like that that dress shop that specializes in like quinceañeras on Wenatchee oh. Ave. Yeah, the Tex-Mex place. Like, like yeah, freaking the, out those poor women inside the, the shop. The lady was looking at me like, what is this guy about to do? He's wearing a jumpsuit. <laughs> and you have real... like brown leather satchel too. Yeah. It was a real letdown because I remember to play that, Schmouter had us upload the video on YouTube and it was mm -hmm. on YouTube for years. And I remember a while, I mean, it's been a while now, but I tried to look it up and they're both gone, but mm -hmm. they were on YouTube for years. They were, they, they so, yeah, well, um, they're, they're on one of my old YouTube accounts. And the thing is, is that they, they, uh, all of the audio got deleted from it because of the, the copyrighted music that anyone could upload to YouTube at the time. But since yeah. like YouTube's changed since then. So now like, I mean, I had Isaac Hayes in there. I had like half the Kill Bill soundtrack. Like a bunch of pink, like Adam Hart Mother by Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah. Was there I think for that was it. Yeah. I think that was at Rex's request because we were real into that album at that yeah. point. It's a really good album. <laughs> it's great. Uh, but no, it, it, it got absolutely smashed for the copyright claims. And but didn't you, you sent me like um, email files? <coughs> yeah, I have. I, I, I think I have them on my Google Drive. Um, I, I still have versions of them. I don't know if I have the original Eyes of Russell. But... You sent me everything you had, and I think yeah. it was it was like it wasn't perfect, but it was it covered pretty much everything. I mean, yeah, dude, some, some you, of it. If you some... dig around and you find that you find that, I would love to like I, I would love to just check to watch it. It would be so much fun to watch that. That sounds I'll, so. It's just I'll so look for the email he he sent me, and I'll try and forward it to you. Yeah, I'll it's see just... if we can get you a link to the to the drive. There, there's some classic stuff in there. Like I don't know if you saw the. Uh, yeah, I found it on my old PC's hard drive that had been sitting on a shelf, like outside of a computer for 10 years. And I pulled it open. I finally got a, a machine or a, a part that could read it. And I found like some of the old clips, like fuck old spice. Do you remember that one? That one's still up. That one's still up on YouTube. I'm going to look for it right now. Copyright. The, light, the lightsaber. Uh, the lightsaber one with Dylan, that, that one was there, but that was like three seconds long. Uh, I do have the, I don't know if you saw the firefight that we did. I think I did. It was like Zach was sitting on the couch. Jeremiah was in it. He does an instant transmission move. He's got a crossbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Man. Dude, that would that be under uh, uh, like what account would that be under? Nick? I don't know. He, search for arrow and shield. <laughs> what about, what and, about, uh, I know that's there. Yeah. What was the name? Remember the, the trailer we made with Elliot? Oh, Super Death Brawlers oh, 3. Oh my god. And I was Super only Death in Brawlers one scene 3. of that when we did the full-on street brawl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. <laughs> that, was, that was a fucking hoot to, to, that was to fun. film. Yep. Uh, oh, I with found it. He's greater. Yeah, the cheese grater Joe, dude. Cheese <laughs> grater. <laughs> the so I, yeah. vicious grater on the street, dude. He'll shred you. That was Sorry. always my favorite part of the trailer is that when they jump to just cheese grater Joe just just going at it <laughs> so Zach gets his if, face uh, cheese grated off and then Joey does the Joey scream it's just <laughs> yeah Jared if you want to if you want to look it up um, on YouTube it's Rafford McGonson 
and there is there's me shooting a bow at Nick. There's fuck old spice and part one and two of Isa Russell. Thirteen years ago, holy what? shit! Yeah, what? Thirteen oh my years God. ago. I'm gonna, gonna subscribe. Yep. I'm gonna. Um, He's not uploading anything new. <laughs> well, I'm. He, he has two subscribers now. I haven't logged. I don't know how to get into that account. That that information is lost to time. Well, I will save Dude, his link. I feel that. <laughs> On a, another note, um, just in preparation for this this morning, I was looking up when I was bored at work, like some different, trying to see if I could find old flyers for grain shows. Oh, and yes. I noticed uh, Ryan Johnston uploaded a 50 minute set of waiting for Daryl at the Grange. And, oh, whoa. and like, I think in just the last couple weeks and I spotted myself and Rex in the crowd but I, uh, so you guys might want to check that out on YouTube and you might be able to see yourself there. That's but cool, man. The, the recording quality is pretty horrible, but it's still worth a watch. Fair mm -hmm. enough. Yeah, dude. Uh, God, dude, waiting for Daryl. The, the drummer for that band, Joey, worked for my, like worked at my dad's barbecue restaurant for a while. And yeah. That, like, so, so I got to know him strangely well. <laughs> But uh, do you guys remember that guy? He was like, I, can't, I think he was like their manager or something like that for a while. But he booked, uh, he was like off and on book shows at the Grange. And he, uh, there's one night, God, I wish I could remember his name. He's a fucking prick. Uh, but he like booked a, he like DFR played and then he, he didn't give him their cut or something like that. And are you talking about Ken Coco? No. No, no, that's no, a different that's a, guy. That's, I don't okay. remember his name, but are you talking about the van incident, Jared? Oh, I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was, so, uh, not to, not to give things to... I remember his name. But, I'm not going to say Let's just uh, maybe not go in too depth, but yeah, I do no, remember, I and I think uh, I still have my mask, just to, just to say. Okay, I think dude. it's down in my mom's shed. Because I'm Fair pretty sure I saw it last time I was there. Fair I have enough. my mask. That guy, I just, I just remember like that was the thing that like started turning me off with like the guys from Waiting for Daryl. They were like, they're, they're like all right. Like I didn't really dig, like dig their music too much, but they were like really like they were the most a lot of the a lot of the different types of music in the scene that at that point they were really like helping book shows and stuff like that during the grange days they were the most important band in the valley for Definitely. sure like Definitely. without waiting for daryl the grange wouldn't have been a thing and yeah like they they were so what would that be like from 04 to 06 when the grange got shut down something like that yeah but yeah no, I, I'm with. I agree with you, dude. Like, I think they were probably the most important band at the time, right there, because, like I said, they were the ones that were like really pushing to like get get things booked. They were like, they were like, they were the ones that were like reaching out to outside bands to like bring them in. And they um, absolutely. Uh, but they were, they were also they were also older. Like you know, they were like you know they were older than us like by a, a few years i think a lot yeah and and so they were kind of like the the seniors of the of the music scene at the not like you know like they were like the you know they were just it was good that they were taking charge because there's a lot of young bands that were starting to like play yeah and so it was nice to have them as like the sort of like backbone to like provide other bands an avenue yeah well know, and they just they dealt with getting the grange set up every week you know mm -hmm. it was like for for a couple years till it all fell apart it was every weekend up at the grange there was a show yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and dude, you know, by the wild. end when they got shut down, like I was, I remember me and Rex were there for the last show at the Grange, and there was like 15 people there total, and it was just such a letdown because at the height of it, I mean, there'd be 200 packed. kids every weekend, and it was yeah. so cool. It was at least, you know, in modern uh history for Wenatchee that was probably the most successful string of time for the music because it was it was like you were saying dude it was consistently packed for like yeah yep. every weekend and it was it was weird if there was like a small weekend you know what I mean that was like the anomaly and that is sad dude I, I do kind of rem- uh, I, I can't remember if I was at the last show honestly I probably I hope I was but I didn't make it but if, yeah like that's that feels like the way that like it, it's like in this weird way it makes sense that it went out like that because it was such a deflating thing to find out that it was it was being like it was they were no longer letting us play there well and then at the end as well like shows were getting shut down before the end of the night you know the cops were showing up and people had just kind of lost interest a little bit when it was just like yeah it was a really like it was a huge letdown because there was just a solid two years of the scene just blowing up and maybe i'm glorifying it you know as a 14 year old 15 year old kid but i really don't think you are i I think you're on the money and i remember i mean they got circus survived to come play the human abstract came and played both of those bands had like record deals like Mm -hmm. the wenatchee scene was solid for a little period there and it was Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really, really cool to be a part of. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, it, it was an easy place to stop for bands in between Spokane and Seattle. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. it was a lot easier to lure bands here that might not have come otherwise. Well, and like Waiting for Daryl, they had, I remember they had like kind of connections with that sort of indie label. What was it? Uh, it had something to do with ramen. Oh, like, Fueled by Ramen. Yeah. Fueled by Ramen. That's, a, and that's, so, that's and like so the like, Paramore project label yeah they're, they're like an actual so th- label now <laughs> i think that, i think that helped like they were i think that helped like bring in bring in people you know just in general but yeah dude like the music scene then was fucking popping dude i remember i have vivid memories of like getting dropped off and like kind of near where like that you know like the old kmart was in wenatchee and yeah. just every <laughs> just walking up the road towards yep. the Grange and you just see like pockets of punks fucking walking up and like pockets of people just like sort of drifting there's just in more direction. and more cars and yep and then you slowly get there and the streets like lined and then you get like you just start hearing the noise and then you start seeing people loitering around and then out back it's just full of fucking cars and there's people everywhere but you go inside somebody's setting up there's like energy just everywhere in that motherfucker and it was yeah it was something a to good do. time to be a part of that fucking scene man it was it was something to do and that's that was that was the that was the drag about when they fucking took that away it was like what was that like i mean and it's not necessarily like i guess it's not you can't say like they took it from us you know but i don't blame but, them I mean, we destroyed yeah. that venue if i would have owned it there's no way i would have rented it out to us kids exactly like with considerations it's it, it, it was a logical choice but but what sucked was that that was such a that was the linchpin place yeah and so as soon yep. as that was gone there was just nothing you could do there was nothing nowhere you could play except for if you knew a house or like 
what you know the random shelf like where the random centennial park show you know well, and like, all of those they all got shut down after that like the grange was yeah. in the perfect location where no one really cared you yeah. know it wasn't but, in, it wasn't in the middle of downtown it was off the fucking path man it was out of yeah. it was out of town like it was on like it's sunny slope or whatever right yeah 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 <laughs> like, so but, yeah. on easy street up there on easy street <laughs> but i also remember for a brief period of time there's like this place called the flash disco that i oh, like they did yeah they did a, a couple of shows but again that place closed up and like and it was just like nothing was able to fill that the absence of like you know that extra stage either well it was just another one of those like it was in on the ave it was in downtown wenatchee but they didn't serve booze, so there's not really any yeah. reason for anyone to go there except for once a month when we would have a concert there. And, exactly. I mean, yeah, no one ever showed up. Yeah. But yeah, that was a uh, oh man. I yeah, some, but like still some of my like favorite like sets and nights. I definitely think we're probably at the Grange just seeing random fucking shit. Yeah. Just because it was just so much. Like there was just, it was just. I don't know. There's just a lot of like really cool energy, and then like without that, when actually became pretty stagnant for a hot second until yeah. uh, I think a handful. I I you know I I how do I say this? I don't ever like to take credit for like be, like like being part of the music scene, getting it off the ground again. But I think there's a lot of people that I know that helped with that there. You know, like people like Jeremiah, people within our circle. You know. Um, as well as like someone at cats but there's like there's a real push after like enough stagnation to just like we have to start doing something so you know we, we had like a really small um little resurgence like probably like 2009 10 uh, yeah. where like because that's about the time that um like electronic music got like more popular for just you know like the festival scene was really big at that time and more people were into it and more people were doing it and uh we like there was a small group of people that i knew that would do stuff like i remember uh there was a guy named mike and he would uh the first time I, he was just randomly mixing in hot topic <laughs> I, I don't know why. Wait, so you then, mean, like, you mean flying Mike Sheasley? Yeah, and then I talked to him and um, like, Mike. I was like learning how to how to mix and do all that stuff. And he's like, yeah, like you, sh- you know, come over, I'll show you some stuff. And I kind of started hanging out with um, some of those people. And uh, we there's like another like Grange type of building right like by Larry's Chicken in East Wenatchee, mm-hmm. and we threw a rave in there. <laughs> um we played raves out in the woods and stuff like i got to i got to dj out in the woods one time nice nice there's some weird stuff like that yeah and uh that that was when like schmouter like i mean i don't know if that was exactly the same time frame but like in that sort of like time like you know weird post grand era that's when schmouter started playing at the the fucking open mic night i I drag everybody to open mic night open mic night was kind of the you know, that was like the, like the second serving of of the grange crowd like the, yeah it was sort of a last hurrah i think i might have called it at least mine yeah i think it definitely like it was like something to look like to you know look forward to i think because you knew that there was at least something going on there and that was like the weird place when Atchie was in. It was just like, it was just like, you gotta find something. Like whether it's like a, you know, a party out in the woods, like some random like open mics or, 
you know, maybe somebody's playing a, you know, maybe Ghostfire's playing a basement show or something, you yeah. know, but yeah, it was weird. It was like everybody was forced even more underground. Yeah. <laughs> Schmauter played a show in the attic of like that flower shop downtown. Oh yeah. That was when Rex had a yeah. broken arm. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, we, we hooked up the hi-hat. Do you remember that? I, so, I remember so, that. Yeah, yeah. He had I vaguely remember that. From doing what I remember uh, as the most epic sounding thing at the time, because he was, if I ever recall, he was bombing a hill on the on the loop, and he like yep. tried to pull off a coffin or whatever, and so yep. he was like laying on his board, and it was when he tried to get back up, he like fucking beefed it and broke his arm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but I was like, at least you did it doing something fucking rad. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, he had he had like the hi hat like rigged up so it was like a janky piece of like duct tape and connects and it was like oh yeah it was like it was like the hi-hat was, it was like set to like press down on a key that was like on a program on the on the fucking keyboard to like do like i think it was the, just the hi-hat symbol i think or the, <laughs> i don't know i can't remember exactly but it was just the most janky thing it was just so fun but that night was fucking fun dude i remember that yeah, it was a good that show was a good set that was a good set <laughs> i think I don't think I think that was the last time that they they were able to like play a show there though because that mm. I think that night like a bunch of hanging pots got like you know knocked off the ceiling from below and like broke and stuff ah. so the, the the business owner was like I ain't doing that again. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. I guess we didn't yeah. really anticipate that, but we were literally above a flower shop. We should have known something was going to happen. <laughs> it was bound it was bound to rage. Oh man. <laughs> All right, fellas, we're about two hours deep into this. I think I'm going to cut it off here because I want to save some more for the next time I round you guys up. Yeah. All right. But uh, I want to guarantee, though, that we are going to get all back together and do this again, though, because this has been a fun, a fun occasion. I'm down. We will. Yeah, literally anytime, man. So. All right. I'm going to keep that group chat together, man, because I would love to I would love to do this real soon again because it's just fun man it's just fun like hashing this shit out you guys remind me of stuff that like it's like i have like bits and pieces and then you guys bring up like the rest of the story and it's just, like boom all of a sudden there it is again and you're just like <laughs> yeah so, i love it man i love it oh, all right guys uh let's all three okay i'm gonna think of one word jameson you think of another word caleb you think of another word nick you round it out with the last word okay the complete a sentence sure okay possibly Jamie isn't good. Uh, nope, Caleb, go. The <laughs> most entertaining Nick. Bonsai. What? There it is. Possibly the most entertaining Bonsai. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you on the next one.